This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are going to be doing our NBA mock lottery again. This time, no live lotto. The lotto was just set. We were recording this the day of the NBA lottery. This one's about at 8.30, so about an hour <laughs> After the lottery has been set, we have the lotto. Suns get the number one pick. They don't get Suns for the first time in franchise history. We were right about well the Hawks. Well done. Well done. We, we were, were right, right about, about the Hawks. Hawks. They're the uh, only top three we were right yep. about. The Suns <laughs> do get the number one pick in the, the first time in their franchise history, at least since 1985 when mm-hmm. they started the NBA lotto. The Kings get the number two pick, jumping up from the number seventh position. Then at three, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, like Ricky mentioned, are going to be picking third. The Grizzlies at four, Mavericks at five, Magic at six. Bulls at 7, Cavs at 8 via the Nets, 9 the Knicks, 76ers at 10, Hornets at 11, Clippers at 12 and 13, and the Nuggets at 14. So that's what we're going to be doing on today's special edition of the podcast. We still have our Friday podcast coming out as well. But before we jump into the mock draft, we do want to give you a little bit of directions. First off, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. We're, we're growing mm-hmm. uh, ever so fastly. Uh, I think 900 last, uh, last month, and we're on pace right now for 900 this month as well. So if you haven't subscribed, you're a new viewer, definitely hit that subscribe button. Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, rate us five stars over there. And if, while you're doing you know, the Fast Break Podcast, do the Onside Kick, do the Primetime Podcast, do the Rick and Johnny Podcast. Uh, super fun times over there. Also, if you're uh, not on iTunes or on YouTube, go check out The Outcast. Uh, Buzz and Juice just interviewed Kelly Scaletta of uh, Bleacher Report. Also, if you want to help support us in any different way, uh, you want to check out patreon.com slash Podcast. If you ever want to be on a podcast, check out that $10 tier on patreon.com. We also have a $5 tier, a $2 tier, and a $1 tier. Also, check out mostvalopodcast.com if you want to rock an MVP t-shirt. Forget anything, Ricky? Did you mention the website? I did not mention the website. Well, I did, because the t-shirt, mostvalopodcast.com. And did you mention iTunes? I did. Okay. So we're good. good. Let's do the mock draft. Ricky, start us off, 1 through 14. Well, we're going to start off, number one, the Phoenix Suns. They're going to go with Luka Doncic overseas. Then we're going to go with the Kings, number two, DeAndre Ayton, falling to them from Arizona. Then at number three, the Hawks. A little shocker here for me. Never had him go this high. Trey Young, the guard from Oklahoma, going to the Hawks. Well, hold on real quick. That's a lie, because we had them. A, when the magic in, in our top three. three. That's right. That's right. When the magic were that high, he did go that high. He <laughs> oh, you said you said they that them that high. Yes. So I thought yeah. you were talking yeah. about the Hawks. Well, the thing with me is Trey Young has always gone to the Magic in one of my mock drafts. This is the first mm-hmm. time he's not going to Orlando. Then the Grizzlies at four going with Marvin Bagley the third. Mavericks at five going Mo Bamba the center from Texas. And this is the highest I've had this one, I know for sure. Number six, the Magic, going Colin Sexton, the guard from Alabama. Then the Bulls at seven, my Bulls, going with MPJ, the forward from Mizzou. Jaron Jackson going to the Cavs at eight. Mikhail Bridges going to the Knicks at nine. Ten, the 76ers going Wendell Carter Jr. Kevin Knox then to the Hornets at 11. Clippers double pick. They'll go Miles Bridges. Then they'll go Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And then rounding out the lottery, the Nuggets go Kyrie Thomas, the guard from Creighton. David Oster, give us your 1 through 14. My 1 through 14 goes like this. I've got DeAndre Ayton going to the Suns, number one. Luka Doncic going to the Kings at two. Marvin Bagley, third, going to the Hawks at three. Jaron Jackson, Jr. to the Grizzlies at four. Mohamed Bamba to the Mavs at five. Trey Young, as always, as prophecies written, <laughs> to the Magic at six. Uh, Michael Porter, Jr. to the Bulls. Mikhail Bridges to the Cavs. 
Kevin Knox to the Knicks, Zaire Smith to the 76ers, Colin Sexton to the Hornets, Shea Gilders-Alexander to the Clippers, then Wendell Carter Jr. to the Clippers, and finally Miles Bridges to the Nuggets. And my number was 1 through 14, the lotto only. The Suns picking DeAndre Ayton, the center out of Arizona at 1. The Kings at 2, taking Luka Doncic, the guard from uh, overseas. Then 3, the Atlanta Hawks going with Marvin Bagley the third from Duke. At 4, the Memphis Grizzlies going with Jaron Jackson Jr. from Michigan State University. Then at 5, the Dallas Mavericks going with Mo Bamba, the center out of Texas. Then the Orlando Magic going with Trey Young from Oklahoma. Then 7, the Bulls going with Michael Porter Jr. from Missouri. At 8, the Cleveland Cavaliers going with Mikhail Bridges from Villanova Hova. 9, the New York Knicks going with Wendell Carter Jr. from Duke. Then at 10, the, uh, not the Los Angeles Lakers, the Philadelphia 76ers via Los Angeles Lakers going Miles Bridges from Michigan State University. Then 11, the Charlotte Hornets going Colin Sexton from Alabama. 12, the Los Angeles Clipper, Clippers at 12 and 13 going Shake Gilders, Alexander, and Kevin Knox, two Kentucky kids right there. And then at 14, the Denver Nuggets going with Zaire Smith from Texas Tech. So the way we're going to do this is similar to the live lotto that we just did. We're going to go through every single team, 1 through 14. Uh, I'm going to put timestamps as well once this video mm-hmm. does go up like I did last time. So if you do want to skip to your favorite team, Please do so, but if you just want to, you know, always come back, check out some different teams, do that. We love you guys watching and digesting all of our content here on MVP. But let's get into it, boys. At number one, the Suns don't get Suns. They get the number one overall pick. They had the highest odds at 25%, and the prophecy was fulfilled. No rigging there. The Phoenix Suns were projected to get the number one overall pick, and they did. Ricky, you're the only one that went away with us. You went Luka Doncic at one. Dave and I going DeAndre Ayton at one. We talked a little bit this about this in the Ego Coscavo second. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying that right this time. Again, if I, I if I fucked it up, I'm sorry. I'm doing my best. Uh, but Igor <laughs> Koskavo, the new hire for the uh, Philadelphia, not the Kukoskov. Philadelphia Suns, the Phoenix Suns. What? I'm not, is it Koscavo or Kokoskov? I think it's Kokoskov. Kokoskov. Yeah. All right. Igor Kokoskov. 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 Anyways, Igor Kokoskov, new head coach for the uh, Phoenix Suns. The Slovenian men's national basketball team uh, mm-hmm. coach uh, for Eurobasket 2017. Coach uh, Luca, you have them going kind of that similar length. Yeah. And I mean, with me, I know the whole thing, like, because originally you had him going Luca too. Mm-hmm. And then you changed it because you're like, oh, I listened to what Igor said. The I don't know thing, what to do. Well, the thing, here's what I'm looking at is. If you bring in a guy like Igor, who has coached Luka Doncic before, why not draft Luka Doncic? And we have talked about before, do they really have a ball handler that they really like? Like, yeah, we like Tyler Eulis a little, Brandon Knight. We're trying to get him out of town as much as possible. Bring in a guy like Luka. Dev Book is then not your ball handler. I think the whole Aiton thing might be a little, hey, let me talk him up so a team like the Kings, who are right behind me, might want to trade up a little Boston Celtic strategy here. Hey, 76ers, you want this guy, right? You really want him, huh? huh? I don't think that the Suns are going to do that. I would just take Luka number one and be happy with him. Again, outside of that that trade last year for the Phoenix uh, for the mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns, goddamn the, the 76ers <laughs> and the Celtics, we don't see teams trading that 1-3. And that was a very specific situation yeah. Well, that where, was Danny Ainge being Danny Ainge. Well, that was Danny Ainge, but also, again, they didn't have—the the number one player was Markel Fultz. Markel mm-hmm. Fultz really did not fit the Boston Celtics there. Yeah. We thought they needed a three. They went out and got the, the best three in their mind, the best player also Jake. in their mind, in Jason Tatum. So, again, we, we, we looked at that, and we weren't really shocked by that. Outside mm-hmm. of that, we don't really see the number one pick, the number two pick, and the number three pick really getting traded that much. So, I mean, I understand the trade's always an option, but I don't think any of these teams are really trading their picks. Again, I think the biggest connection is, again, Koskovo— 
and Luca. Kokoska. Fucking whatever. <laughs> Igor. Call Igor. Fine, we're done. <laughs> Give right? it up, Sean. Igor. Uh, I don't see them really. It, it, it's it's a huge connection, but also is Igor going to be you know pulling mm-hmm. that much weight right now, or is it going to be you know again what Ryan McDonough said uh, a, a little bit ago, where he said Aiton is their guy again from Arizona, out of Arizona uh, University, also a kid who grew up and uh, well he was he was from the Bahamas, yeah. uh, but uh, I think he played his high school ball in Arizona as well. Again, are they going to stick with the hometown kid in, in Aiton, or are they going to go with the guy that the, the head coach is at least familiar with? And you brought up the press conference. Mm-hmm. Igor mentioned you are who you guard about Devin Booker and said Devin Booker's a playmaker. So pretty mm-hmm. much he was talking like Devin Booker might be the one well, for this team. So that's the reason why mm-hmm. I flip. I, I think that Luka's a good fit on this team, and I think if I'm personally picking, mm-hmm. I would go Luka because of that fit with Igor it's just, you know, I think well, Aiton's been their guy for such a long time. The other thing you got to look into when you're the Suns is mm-hmm. you do have that 16th overall pick as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, I rather, I like the bigs that'll be available at 16 a lot more than the point guards or ball handlers that'll be there because Sexton will be gone, Gilgis will probably be gone, Trey Young will definitely be gone. So with me, I would go Doncic, there's my ball handler, and then I'll go with a Mitchell Robinson or Robert Williams at 16. Yeah, I was about to mention you didn't have Mitchell Robinson, a guy you liked a lot. Uh, He's still available at 16. Dave, I mean, you're on the Aiton side right now. Is that because, I mean, you don't think he's the best player. You've consistently said Luka's the best player in this draft. I completely agree that Luka's, in my mind, Luka's still the best player coming into this draft. Aiton is just a 7-1 freak, though. So are you you following the Ryan McDonough, like, he's he's our guy fellowship, or do you think even Luka would probably be the better fit? Do you think Luka would be the better fit? I don't think Luka would be the better fit right now. I think that you add a center and Aiton, even if he plays the four, whatever they whatever they end up deciding that his is best for his fit, I think they go with Aiton there. I think that what we saw last year was six point guards, if I'm recalling correctly, playing for the Suns. So I don't think they've got anyone they really love. Alfred Payton did a serviceable job, but was like net negative every single game, I want to say. He was Alfred Payton. He yeah. didn't do anything crazy different I mean, he had from, triple double, from Orlando Magic. Which was hilarious. One triple double. But which it was from, hilarious. From the Orlando Magic to the but, Suns, um, I think that book is the primary ball handler. I think you roll that. Like you said, playmaker, I agree with that. You watch him. He has some skill with the ball. I think ball handling skills will go on as time goes. But having DeAndre Ayton pair with him on the pick and roll, going high-low, that, that's just a disgusting matchup. I think Luka, while a good player to add to that team, is not an ideal fit for them because he fits in that wing range, and they have some decent depth there already between TJ, Josh Jackson, and Dev Book, so I wouldn't really lock him down there. I think that Aiton fits a clear need for this team and is a huge stepping stone for them moving forward, keeping that core nice and young. I mean, the biggest thing for the Suns right now, we've talked about this a little bit, is is just the fact that outside of Josh Jackson, they really don't have a defensive stopper on this team. Uh, I mean, you look at uh, you know Devin Booker, he's not great defensively. You look at Marquise Chris, he hasn't really shown that much outside of athleticism. And even yeah. then, he still seems a little bit undisciplined, showed up a little bit overweight and not in shape. Uh, at a couple camps ago, even though I think Ryan McDonough just said he's in the best shape of his, his career so far. Um, and again, he's only 20 years old. Dragon Bender, again, is, is very raw, very, very, uh, you know, skin and bone right now, uh, both physically and literally when it comes to the uh, to the basketball court. So they don't really have a defensive stopper. And Luka and Aiton really don't fit that mold as well because Aiton's best uh, skill sets are offensively same with Luka, Luka's p- passing ability, Luka's size, also Luka's uh, shot-making ability as well. So, I mean, we've seen that, you know, the Suns are, are, are a team that can really go either direction for Luka or DeAndre. So it's not too shocking. I just think that, again, Aiton has been their guy, and I think this is what they will do. I think they should go Luka, though, um, even though I do have them going Aiton, just because I think, you know, while Devin Booker 
you know, had near five assists per game last year. He has that playmaking ability. I think having two ball handlers in Luka and in Devin Booker could be really dynamic. Yeah. And we don't trust uh, Brandon Knight's health. I mean, this is a guy that hasn't been on the basketball court consistently pretty much his whole NBA career. You look at Tyler Eulis, you mentioned him. Mm -hmm. He played, I think, 74 games for them last year, 22 minutes per game. But again, he's a guy that is small, not going to be able to be a consistent starter for you. He literally lost his role to three D-leaguers or G-leaguers. Alfred Payton is a guy that's uh, an RFA in this upcoming offseason. So I think that adding a guy like Luka kind of brings you into the modern NBA. You have a guy who can be a forward and guard threes and fours and, and possibly even twos in Luka, mm-hmm. and he can be a ball handler for you and set up Devin Booker, and Booker mm-hmm. can work, work off ball. But Booker can also help set up Luka. Luka can use his body, set up screens for uh, Josh Jackson working off ball as well. Josh Jackson could also work well with a guy like Dragon Bender. You have a four, a stretch four in Dragon Bender. You have a small ball five in Marquise Chris, even though I know he's very raw and he's only you 20 could, years old. You though. could even swap that because I think Bender can play the five for them if they're going with Igor's offense and defensive systems coming in, Dragon mm-hmm. Bender might be more of an asset to them than he had been in his previous two years. Well, and he really likes Dragon Bender and has worked with him overseas exactly. as well. Because I think uh, Bender playing for the Croatian team uh, in Eurobasket and then obviously um, you know Igor being a coach for Slovenian team uh, in Eurobasket 2017 as well. So, I mean, he's seen what Dragon Bender can do. I just, I, I, again, I think that Chris fits more of the typical five. You know, maybe maybe not in Igor's system, but typical five. Mm-hmm. I see Chris being that and then Bender being your stretch four. Being a 3 and D player, that's Josh Jackson. And then you can switch, you know, primary ball handlers and secondary ball handlers in Devin Booker and, and, and in Luka Doncic. Again, I just, going off of what McDonough said, they said they like Aiton. Aiton's an Arizona guy. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they go Aiton? I mean, yeah. that's, that's really it's hard to pass on, on the wall right there. I, I think the thing is, is who wants to be the guy who passes on someone like DeAndre Aiton? He's 7-1. He has all the physicals. He has none of the health concerns of a big man. He has good athleticism. Good shot create, like good shot making. His creation's not amazing, but mm-hmm. like he has the potential to be amazing because of that size advantage over everyone. The only thing that hurts him is his motor. So you have to take a look and be like, was it because he didn't feel a challenge? Was it because he didn't have the right coaching staff around him? How do you ensure that he's motivated at the next level? And if you get that concern solved, then you can start building on his defensive IQ, making sure that he knows where he needs to be on that defense. He walked away with a, you know, he, he still was able to get blocks just purely off of his size. Imagine if he's actually, you know, trying and giving effort and coached into it. Like, he is someone who I don't think you, like Ricky was talking about Muhammad Bama being the guy, like, how could anyone pass up on this guy mm-hmm. in a couple of years? I'm thinking no one wants to be the guy who misses on someone like and, DeAndre Ayton. And the one thing that I, just hearing you, I know it's a, totally different thing but hearing you be like oh if you can figure out his like want to play the game i think that's just because in college he was he would have been a guy that comes straight from high school and he would have went to college um but the thing i think of is i kind of have shades of laurie in my head where it was like it wasn't exactly oh this kid doesn't want to play but after the tournament you weren't that high on laurie an arizona guy Came out, did some good well, things in the NBA. Well, it was just because so of maybe, his second half. They yeah. were forcing him into the wrong role, and he Thank wasn't you. really what showing what his, I'm saying his potential. Is DeAndre might be it. a similar thing where it's like in the NBA, you see that want to play because A, he's getting cheddar now for doing what he loves, and B, As if he's, he wasn't before. he's where he wants to be. Well, yeah, yeah, he was on a Sean Miller team, so we yeah. know that. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting to see what happened, but uh, our Patreon, Jake, and we'll give a shout out to him. He was DMing me on Twitter, and he said, 
Clearly, Aiton's the number one overall pick here. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you know, he has a higher ceiling. He's a safer pick. Who do you think's a safer pick? Is it going to be Luka Doncic or is it going to be DeAndre Ayton? Because in my mind, I think it's Luka. Again, mm-hmm. he's yeah. been a pro for so long in his in, in his uh, overseas career. He's a guy that I think does a lot of things well. He isn't great at a ton of things, but he's good at a lot of things. And again, I think that he can be a starter at least in the NBA for the next 13 years. And I would probably, you know, again, bet something of, of value. And can't bet my car, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, something of value um, on that over Aiton, where Aiton might have the higher ceiling. But again, we talk about the defensive concerns. We talk about the, at least, you know, effort concerns. Mm-hmm. I think that at least Luka is a safer pick here. Maybe See, not I'm a more on the other higher side. potential pick. And, and Jake is I, too. I think DeAndre Aiton is the safer pick. Only because with Luka Doncic, and you can say right or wrong mm-hmm. um, whether he should have this, there is that stipulation with international players. Yeah, guys like uh, Nurkic and Kristaps um, are kind of breaking that stereotype a little bit. But for the most better part of Euro players, it's most of them that were drafted high kind of turned out to be busts overall. And I mean, I'm not saying that Luka's I mean, Bargnani be, was, but outside of that, I wouldn't... Darko Milicic? I yeah. mean, he did get a ring quicker but than that LeBron, was like but... 15 years ago. No, I'm still saying, like, mm-hmm. for the better part, it's Euro players have been... There's this weird stipulation with them. And that's why on the other side, I would say DeAndre Ayton is the safer pick. Luka Doncic might be the riskier pick because of that stipulation and because... No one really knows where his ceiling is for sure, but they know where Doncic's floor is right now. Well, and one thing, too. I mean, you mm-hmm. mentioned that, you know, uh, he was—what uh, did you mention about Darko? It's just pretty much— Oh, it was like 15 years ago. It's 15 like, years ago, but— changed so much. It's 15 years ago, but the thing I want to bring up is all the, the other four guys in that top are five in the league. are still in the league, or Chris well, Bosh, who yeah. should still be in the league, but again, mm-hmm. he had— uh, unseen health concerns yeah. that took him out. I mean, mm-hmm. Chris Bosh can still play in the NBA. Carmelo it's just health Anthony probably shouldn't be in the NBA. He shouldn't be making $27 million, <laughs> but he can still be playing in the NBA. And, and those so, I mean, players, like, they, they clearly missed with, no, with Darko. No, I'm not I mean, arguing that. No, but my point is the fact that people are putting um, someone like Luka Doncic in the category of he can walk in the league and probably put up, you know, like 14, 4, and 4 mm-hmm. as a rookie. And that's a baseline. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty solid baseline. That That's a above average NBA player right there. And that's regardless of team, regardless mm-hmm. of fit, regardless of coaching staff, that's where they're going. This is probably about where he would start off at. At age 19, if you're telling me I can get 14, 4, mm-hmm. and 4, and a player who has an incredible basketball IQ, mm-hmm. an incredible effort, a solid body, all he needs to do is work on his athleticism. Uh, yeah, athleticism and obviously a uh, shot, but mm-hmm. still, like, I'm happy with that baseline versus someone who I could see, you know, DeAndre Aiden, if I'm playing devil's advocate here, you could see shades of job. You could see a guy who isn't willing to put in the work ethic. Mm-hmm. You could see a guy who has all the talent in the world, has the jaw had the best post moves we've seen since Tim Duncan coming out of college. And now what is he doing? But he's, also he's a bum. Aiton has shown that he has the ability to at least expand his game beyond the low post. I mean, Aiton has shown the ability to at least shoot fine. from the outside. But so, that doesn't mean that he's going to try. That doesn't mean he's going to hustle. That doesn't mean that he is not going to be a net negative for his mm-hmm. team. True, like but, said, but, but, playing pure devil's advocate. I don't believe this yeah. wholeheartedly, but the point is, if you see shades of that versus shades of above average NBA players, your floor, I don't understand how you think the well, bigger and, risk is. But, but I think he, 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 is, he's, he shades more similarly to Cat than he does Ja. Where, where Cat, again, we, we see the lack of defensive effort 
in Cat, but again, he's still a monster offensively. Mm-hmm. I see more shades of Cat and DeAndre Ayton than I do Ja. And also, I mean, would you be shocked if DeAndre Ayton comes in and puts up 16 points per game, 10 rebounds, and a block and a half? I already said he's putting up season. like 17 and 9. So, I mean, like, <laughs> if, if Luka's 14, 4, and 4, and Ayton's 16, 10, and a block and a half, it's nothing crazy. I mean, I mean, both of those guys are having phenomenal rookie years yeah. in their first first go. Yeah, around. I, I think what it is is I think GMs have an idea in their head what the okay. I see DeAndre Ayton. This is the ceiling line of where I can get him to be with Luca. It's what you said is great. Oh, come in and put out those stats at the rookie line, but no one knows for sure how high that ceiling is. Is it a little bit higher than that, the NBA? Is it a lot higher than that, or is it in the middle? And that's why I would say he would be the riskier pick and Aiton would be the safer pick. Again, I'm just going back to I think Luka is at least a starter for the next 13 mm-hmm. years in his career, 13 to, to, to 10 in his next, you know, whatever years. Um, and I, I see him being at least a number two on a team. And you already have Devin Booker who can be a one. So you have Devin Booker being your number one option, Luka being your number two, and then you can have possibly Dragon Better turn into that third option or even Josh Jackson can turn into that third right, option. Yeah. So I, I think, again, safer, safer, I think it's Luka. And that's why I think they should go Luka over DeAndre Ayton because I think Luka brings more to this team. Even though DeAndre Ayton's a, a freak physically, yeah. I, I still think that Luka is a safer pick. I think he's going to bring something that's much needed in professionalism to the Phoenix Suns, at least locker room. And then also, he's going to mold well with Igor. Now, the only thing that you could bring up there is if him and Igor are so close, will that rub the wrong way onto the other players in the locker room? Mm-hmm. That's a time topic for a different discussion, I think. Yeah. But uh, final thoughts on, on Luka Doncic or DeAndre Ayton to the Phoenix Suns. I think I kind of land on the side of... Aiton is just too good to be passed up on this year. I still believe Luka is the better player coming into the NBA. I think Aiton has a crazy high top end. And because of his health being so clear, because of his body being so well built mm-hmm. for his age, it's it's extremely hard for any GM to pass up on someone who has that kind of star potential for someone like Luka, where, like you said, maybe the top end isn't really clearly defined of what he could be. I'm going with Luca mainly because I can go with that big later on. I have a second pick to work with of the Suns. And we're going to see this is going to be a topic of conversation for a while now up mm-hmm. into the uh, the draft in late June. So we're probably going to have a you know a topic discussion on this yeah, at, who should at the some number point one too. Pick be because yeah. now we know for sure it's going to be the Suns all the way through. And we could probably talk about this for a whole hour. <laughs> so let us know yeah. who you would pick if you're a Suns fan, if you're not a Suns back fan, who would you pick with the number one overall pick? Are you going to go Luka? Are you going to go DeAndre Ayton? Or, hey, maybe you're in the, the camp of a Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. You think he's going to be the next NBA star. Maybe you're in the, the camp of Trey Young. We'll see Let what happens this weekend at the in, Combine. In the comments down below. But we have a little bit of time. Let's move to the next team in the Sacramento Kings. And we have either Luka Doncic or DeAndre Ayton here. But the thing mm-hmm. I think we should, should talk about here, at least for the Kings, first of all, because um, uh, I haven't going Luka. Uh, Dave hasn't going Luka because we both had Ayton going 1-1. One, one, and then uh, Ricky has them going Ayton because he had Luka going 2. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, is the fact that the Kings got the number 2 overall pick. This is absolutely massive for the Sacramento Kings. Ricky, we talked consistently mm-hmm. about the Kings draft. We talked about Michael Porter Jr.'s fit. We talked about other prospects' fit. But this is uh, an absolute get for the Sacramento Kings. And, I mean, you're not number one, but, hell, this is one hell of a draft lottery for the Sacramento Kings. Well, and the reason why it is that to me is I'm going to just come out and say it. And I know you said before what we saw last year with the Celtics and the 76ers, we don't see every year. But as soon as I saw the Kings get the number two pick, Mm -hmm. I said trade the pick. Why? Why, though? You have the the best option. Wait. You can pick the— 
Okay. Right now, I'm not saying for sure trade the pick. Yeah. It depends on what we see at the combine because if Michael Porter Jr. proves everything that we've been saying wrong, and he is then the number one prospect. I did, but (laughs) if he proves everything wrong and the injury is no factor. He's the guy to go with. And here's the thing. So then why are you trading the pitch? Just here, take him too. Here it is. Depends on where he like where his kind of stock is. Is this gonna be he's an if de facto number two? Or could this be, hey, and I'm looking just at my mock draft. If DeAndre yeah. Ayton is there, what if a team and this could be exactly like the Celtics, a team that was two picks away, a team like the Grizzlies, a team like the Mavericks, they're the team I'm looking at more. Trading because Michael Porter Jr. could still be there at that time. Get your guy, get more picks. This could be a pick that could be a prime one to be traded like it was last year. But if I'm sitting there making the pick right now, I'm going DeAndre Ayton if I'm the king. Why risk it though? Why risk it? I mean, the the thing with the Celtics was their guy guy was Jason Tatum. So their whole thing, Mm -hmm. their whole thing was they had the ability to move down if they wanted to choose Mm -hmm. because they were either going to get Jason Tatum one or they're going to get Jason Tatum three. Jason Tatum wasn't going to go number two because the Lakers were going to go Lonzo Ball and they knew the the the, the Mm -hmm. 76ers were going to go with Markel Fultz. They weren't trading up to get real quick. They weren't trading up to get Jason Tatum. If you're the Kings, you love Michael Porter Jr. Mm -hmm. Take him at two. No, I mean there's a chance the Hawks get him at three. Here's the thing though, and this is this is something that I think is going to take a lot of time to develop because. There are some answers to this that we don't know, but the situation could fall exactly like you said last year. With the Hawks, I'll get into it now. reason why I had them go with the pick that I'm going to talk about in a little bit is because of the Dennis Schroeder stuff. If they're sitting there, have already moved Schroeder, or they're thinking about it, they're for sure, if at the draft they're like, hey, for sure, we're going to go with a point guard, Mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, it's just like the Lonzo Ball thing. They're not going to take a Michael Porter. Then you can go and call the Grizzlies. What if the Grizzlies but, wanted DeAndre Ayton? Can play him at the four. Then get Michael Lonzo Porter went at two because he was the best player available. No, and what I'm saying is Trey Young does, isn't the best player available if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy on the board. Lonzo went two because the Lakers Lonzo. Like, but Lonzo was also the second best player on the, on the board. Like yeah. we, we went in there thinking that it was either him or, or Marco Fultz. It all depends on, on yeah. what happens with the Hawks with the Dennis Schroeder stuff. And what happens with Michael Porter at the combine? If the if the Kings can make a trade with the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies move up to get DeAndre Ayton, and the Kings know the Hawks aren't going to go at Porter Jr. and they can get Porter Jr. with the Grizzlies pick and get future picks from the Grizzlies, I would make that move if I was the Kings. That's all I'm saying. The Grizz can go any option though. They don't need DeAndre Ayton. I mean, that's the thing is is you look at the 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 the, the Kings right now. Mm-hmm. They need a three or they need a five. So right there, you have your shot, at, at least in your lottery, mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton or Michael Michael Porter Jr. if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Then the Hawks, if one of those guys is off the board, they need a three, they need a five, they need a one, they need a two. They can go any direction. <laughs> and the Memphis is the same way. Outside of Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley, they don't have anything locked up. They can go Michael Porter Jr. I think Michael Porter Jr. is a better fit for them than mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton, we, know, we talked about this a little bit, that he can play the four. So, again, I don't think it's locked that any team is locked to a certain player. At and if this, Michael Porter Jr. is healthy, that throws a huge wrench into this whole situation. That's why we have to have the answers, kind of, or the questions, I should say, answered before it's for sure, but I could see this pick being traded. I don't know. I think I think a lot, like you said, depends on Michael Porter at the combine. If mm-hmm. he comes in ten pounds lighter and in shape, in game shape, which yeah. I know is hard to do, but during this off season, like he's now had a month worth of time to prep himself for this event. So if he doesn't make the effort in that one month to get back in shape, like 
there's a serious concern there. If he's not moving quickly, if he doesn't have the same level of agility that he showed early in col- or early in high school, mm-hmm. and then we got robbed of in college, I'm going to be a little concerned about his draft stock. That's why I think Ricky's not the craziest man when he says if he turns up to the to this combine and looks like what we expect him to be in college, then I think we have some cause for concern because, like you said. Things can go anywhere in the top uh, from two through four. My thought is, though, if, if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy, like you're saying, mm-hmm. why do the Kings need to trade down to get him? Because I, I think if he's healthy, the Hawks will want him. The Grizzlies will want him. So why would they need to trade? I say just take, if you like a guy, take mm-hmm. him at, at where you're slotted. You were just gifted the number two overall pick. Go and get your guy, whether that's DeAndre Ayton, whether that's Michael Porter Jr., go and get the guy that you want that's going to help your team. If that's Michael Porter Jr., go and do that. So I, I don't think there's a need to trade down. I think, you know, it, it's it's just it's just something if, if, if maybe if he's not healthy, mm-hmm. then that's where you throw it out there. Um, but even then, I'm not going to trade well, down and get a Michael Porter Jr. that's not fully healthy. And that's why the second part of it is important, too, of what's going to happen with Dennis Schroeder. Like the article that came out six hours ago that apparently he's not happy where where the Hawks are going. He's already said he's indicated that he wants to play for the Pacers or the Bucks. If they're a team that by draft time has already for sure moved on from Schroeder or for sure going to move on from him, then that could solidify an answer for the Kings. And no matter how how the one pick goes, if it goes how I had it and Luka goes, then I target the Grizzlies or the Mavericks for a trade. But if Aiton goes number one and the Hawks are going to move on from the uh, Dennis Schroeder, then if I'm the Kings, I pick up the Hawks and go, hey, man, you really, no. you know you now, really want thi- Luka, man. You know that, you want no, The thing is, is that even if the franchise around if, him. If Dennis Schroeder is mm-hmm. moved, if he's moved, it opens up a position of need. Mm-hmm. But again, that doesn't mean they're going to take a point guard just because Dennis Schroeder's off the team. I'm They're just going to go with the best player available, whether that's Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm. whether that's Trey Young, whether that's DeAndre Ayton if he falls that far, whether yeah. that's Luka Doncic if he falls that fall, mm-hmm. far. It's going to be the best player available. It doesn't matter about the position of need. If Dennis Schroeder's off the team, that's fine. It's not going to make them a playoff. It's not going to take them out of the playoff. <laughs> They're a terrible team like, with or without Dennis Schroeder. Like I've said, though, it, what, Dave, what we said about the combine and Porter and the Schroeder, it works in conjunction. Both have to fit... The right pieces. I'm not saying it's for sure going to happen, but if it fits the right and the planets align, things could happen that I, way. I just don't see a reason why the Kings should move that pick. The Kings are not a team like Boston that was going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they, they, they're not a team that's going to be trying to accumulate uh, assets to try to move for a bigger player like Kyrie Irving. They're not going to try to you know accumulate more picks to move for a player like you know Hal Anthony Davis if they do that in the offseason or you know another big name like that. They're a team that's trying to get game-changing players. Pick that game changer that you think it too. We talked about this with the Cleveland Browns. You mean they move from Carson Wentz, they move from Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Go and get the guy that you think is going to affect your team at number two. Don't take mm-hmm. that risk and move away because this team is one piece away. Go and draft that piece at Here, number two. Here's the thing, though, that plays into it. Would you go with, and I'll ask you this, let's say the whole situation will fall out where the Hawks are going to move on from Schroeder, Michael Porter Jr. shows good at the combine, but it's not like if de facto he's number two. With the Kings, what would you do knowing that next year your pick's going to Philly or Boston, so you're not going to have a first-rounder? That's another thing that plays into it to where if I can get a next year and move down only two and get Michael Porter Jr., then I can do it's that a lot of it. and like, get a pick. Like I, I said, like I said this team is one piece away from mm-hmm. having their future starting five in place. Again, 
it, it, whether that means them taking DeAndre Ayton and filling up that five spot, and that means they're going to get rid of Willie, Willie Collins Stein, whether let him walk in free agency or trade him. Uh, that fills in the five spot. I mean, you can move around Harry Giles, play the five, and then DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton at the four. I know we mentioned that before, that Ayton is want to play the four. Uh, but anyways, you have Giles, you have Scale, and Ayton as your four-five mix. Then at three, that just slots in either Bojan if you go, uh, Bogdanovich if you go, uh, you know, small ball, or that slots in Justin Jackson, who you just took in the lottery last year, or a little bit later lottery. Then at two, that puts Bogdanovich or Buddy Heald again if you're going small ball. And mm-hmm. then at the one, you have De'Aaron Fox. So, I mean, you're drafting. I mean, if, if you don't go Aiton, you have still Willie Cauley-Stein, who's still young at the five. Then at the four, you have Scale and Harry Giles. At the three, you take Michael Porter Jr., or if Luka Doncic is on the board like me, yeah. you slot him at the three. Then at two, you have Bogdanovich. And at the one, you have De'Aaron Fox. You have the ability to solidify your starting five right now. Do it. You're not going to have a chance next year, like you mentioned. Or, you, you, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand that you know, maybe you want to load up again. But, again, this is still a young team. Go and get the player now. Go and let this team bond and melt. Don't push the the timeline further back. Yeah, we have really love this team. Like the last couple of drafts of them, we've really been enthusiastic outside of Papa John's. I think this has been God one of our favorite it. teams coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. The, that was I, such a bad pick. <laughs> it was such a bad pick. It didn't set them back too far. Just a, just a wee bit. No, but if they, um, fl- I'm just, if they flip scale at 13 and 28 and they pick Papiana at, at 28 no and whatever. Ugh. No problem. Uh, my point being that like I don't think that it will be shaken out by the time of the draft, Ricky. Like you said, I don't think we'll have mm-hmm. our answers by that time. I don't think you'll know what the Hawks are doing 100% until draft night. I think you could see draft night trades for Dennis. I don't think that you'll see anything until that time. So you can't bet on you know them doing a trade down knowing other teams' information mm-hmm. because going into the draft, there's so much misinformation. Last year, I think, was a unique case where the Lakers were so far out mm-hmm. in front of everybody. Like, Lonzo's our pick. There's not even a question about it. Yeah. We've got a month and a half to go to the draft. Doesn't well, plus matter. Plus, you had LeVar kind well, of saying all that stuff, so that didn't, it didn't help. It, it was the Lakers said mm-hmm. it, so it didn't matter. The stars were always aligned for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in this case, you're not going to get that clarity. And you're not going to get that situation. That's why I agree with Sean. You take the guy who you believe has the best chance of succeeding. And here's the other thing that plays into it, too, is... Yeah, you want, like, I know it's not like, oh, we're going to take whoever we take, DeAndre and Luka Doncic, whatever, and be a playoff team. But the kind of chess move you got to make in the West is, are you going to be able to build this team up to be that, what you expect, a championship caliber, by the time the Warriors are past their prime, the Rockets are past their prime because their, I mean their timeline's three years, three to four or five years yeah. to, to become yeah, that team. Fine. That the Warriors are gonna be gone by then. The Rockets are gonna be gone by then. Steph's gonna be old and battered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, KD might not be on that team anymore. Clay, we talked about him possibly wanting to take a, a smaller contract, but if Clay is the healthiest one and the best one on that team, that's not the same Warriors. I mean I mean this yeah, team's I think this gonna window be lines hell. up well for the Kings. It, exactly. You, you see all the teams that are on the top now. I don't expect a Spurs-like run where these teams just stay up there forever now. They're going to be worrying about the Lakers. Like, they're going to be worrying mm-hmm. about different teams, the Nuggets, the Lakers. They're going to be worrying about, you know, young teams that they're Jeez, going up against. Could you imagine if we had a, a Lakers-Kings-Western Conference Finals like we did back in the day? 20, uh, 2002, where they, it was That was the one where the Kings got screwed. Yeah, um, but let's go into them mm-hmm. actually having the pick, because I don't think yeah. they should trade it at all. I don't think that should be on the table. And, and mm-hmm. another thing, too, if they do trade for a pick next year— the lotto's still met. This lotto's changing next year. 2019, mm-hmm. the odds completely dr- shift. You're not going to have the chance again to pick number two as well, high have, as you possibly are. Yeah, they don't have their own pick, though. 
So no, but even then, but, yeah. but even then, if you pick, um, Ricky's saying, if uh, you, you move with Memphis, for, you get another pick. I mean, the thing is, why do you think Memphis would be a lottery team next year? They've got a tough pick this year. They've got two all-star-esque well, players. And, and I'm not saying necessarily a lottery pick. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, with— Another first-rounder. Yeah. Like, but you already like have Brooklyn, a When Brooklyn traded theirs, I'm like, shit, we got to get back in the first round— when they got Karis LeVert. But that was like a 22nd. Like oh, I the know. thing is is like you're yeah. trading but if you're, you're trading a 5 and, and 22 for the second overall pick. Just take the guy that you want at 22. But if you could 22 is not going to be a game changer. The last time you picked 22 is Matt Richardson's not on your team anymore. And all I'm saying with it if you could get that same guy you wanted two picks later and get assets for it. Did you watch draft day before showing up? But it's it's not no. it's not the draft lottery it's, before showing up. It's out. not locked in that they are going to be getting the <laughs> guy that they want it. Just take him at two. That's yeah. my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, we don't need really need to go too much in the pick. I mean, we're this going. We're going, for me. we're going BPA. Pretty yeah, much. right so, now we have this basically. The draft is broken into a couple of tiers. Tier one is clearly for us Aiton and Doncic. Mm-hmm. It's those two guys have set themselves above everyone else. There's a bar there. I don't think that honestly we're going to see anybody make the jump above them. So. I think you get one at one, the other one falls at two. It doesn't matter which way goes which. Well, the thing for the Kings too, if it doesn't matter where they go, because at the five, you're getting a f- the five or the four, really, because I mean, you could you can have fluidity b- between the positions, whether it's Scale, Harry Giles, Willie uh, Cauley Stein, as, and, and as well as Aiton. It doesn't really matter because he fits a need. Yeah. Because Luca will fill in the three spot, and you can move and give fluid fluidity to mm-hmm. that. The, 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 the at least the one, two, and three defensively. Because yes. we've seen De'Aaron Fox be an absolute monster defensively. Uh, Bogdanovich ain't too bad defensively no, either. He's not. Um, and, and then you know Luca at least will be able to at least bring length to that and team as well. And then your bench with uh, Wooden Award Hill and uh, Frank Mason, like and Justin well, Jackson as well. Justin Jackson, you have a good core at the one through three. I, I really believe mm-hmm. that. If Luca lands there, that team is set up for success moving forward. And I'm believing the hype on Harry. All of the stuff about him working out, all the stuff about him looking f- smooth, fluid, more physically built up and structurally sound. I, I mean, I just, I think this way would work out well for them. Would they be, you know, sad if Aiton fell them? No, no. I'm sure they'd be mm-hmm. wiping their tears with money. Like it's okay, <laughs> you know. They're they're winning at, at either way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think. I Congratulations, think it- Kings. You've you've basically got the chance to win the win the NBA draft because of this uh, ping pong ball. And weirdly enough, I think Aiton fits better for, for the Kings, too, mm-hmm. com- compared to Luka. I think Luka fits better for the Suns, and I think Aiton fits better for the Kings, and l- luckily but falls out that damned. way. fit be damned. Fit be damned, and I don't even have it ha- happening out that way. Aiton <laughs> going one and, and Luka going two. Uh, but anyways, let us know who you think the uh, the Kings will end up going with. Will they go with Michael Porter Jr. if he has a good combine? We'll see in the next, uh, what is it, uh, tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it, it officially starts on the 17th and 18th. They'll be broadcasting the drills. I think tomorrow's mostly measurements or at yep. least uh, interviews, um, and then the 17th and 18th is going to be the real meat and potatoes of the uh, the combine. So we'll see if Michael Porter Jr. puts his name in there. DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, not going to be mm-hmm. at that combine. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see where these guys uh, put themselves. You can go watch Luka play, though. Yeah. If that's you're, the difference. If you're a Kings fan, let us know uh, in the comments down below who the Kings should be going with uh, and who you think the Suns are going to take uh, in front of you uh, and why uh, you know Ayton or Doncic or how Bagley jumps up for you, too. Ooh. But let's move now to the Atlanta Hawks. They're the lucky ones, the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Are not lucky that they fall to the fourth pick. The Hawks jump in at number three. We talked about them a little bit. Dennis Schroeder on following the uh, the Hawks on Instagram, deleting all of his posts, but I believe one on Instagram. And then uh, there's an ESPN article saying that he wants to play for a team that's not second to last in the Eastern Conference, I think it was, or second to last in the NBA. Um, <laughs> he just said something along the lines of he doesn't want to play for a shit team. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Schroeder is unhappy at your, at your, your point guard, 24-year-old. 
um, has been there for a while, also has been playing under Bud. Bud no longer there. Um, and then you have guys like Torian Prince, who they drafted recently, John Collins, who they drafted re- recently. So there are players on this Hawks team, but there is mm-hmm. a lot of openness, at least in their starting lineup, to go out and draft a star. We've seen Collins be good. We've seen Prince be good. But they still need that star, even with Schroeder on this team. So how are you addressing that situation, Ricky, whether Schroeder is there or not? With me, I am for sure trading Dennis Schroeder. Like, for me, I say, okay. You want off the team? I can't guarantee it's going to be to the Pacers or the Bucks. It's going to be to whichever team, like whatever package benefits us the most. Oh, yeah. But I am trading him, and with that third pick, I am then going Trey Young of Oklahoma. And the reason for that is I am taking at three. Now, the Michael Porter thing plays into it because depending on the combine and if the Kings don't go at him, he could be the pick here too. So basically two through yeah. question mark is well, the Porter I'm, watch. I'm yeah. either going at this Hell, point. Even one could be. I'm yeah. either going with Trey Young or Michael Porter here because those are two the two guys at this point that I can build around for the future and get, okay, here's piece one. Next draft I get piece two and start that Jerry West-like draft when he did it for the Warriors of like, okay, this is the first piece, this is the next piece, and just nail my picks in the draft and get that number one star this year. So Dave, he's kind of going along the star mentality. He's also yep. thinking Schroeder's going to be going. Are, are you thinking Schroeder is definitely going to be moved? Because he said he doesn't want to spend his prime on, on a team again. He's only 24 years old, so he's technically NBA not in his prime is yet. anywhere from 24. Like, I know true. the prime physically is 27, but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. with NBA, the way players develop, I... 24 is just about there. Well, and he's been in the league you know, Kyrie for, a while, for a while, too. Kyrie Irving is, you know, 24, 25, right? I mean, yeah. Prime. Like, 25. It's just, that's, I think that's reasonable. I don't know that Dennis will be on this team, but I know that you can get a decent return, whether it's pick or whether it's a reasonable return, and then you can go in free agency because this team does have money to spend. So it's not like they have to be seller dwellers again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with Marvin Bagley here because I think that him and John Collins together – Gives you one of the best front courts in the NBA as far as young talent moving forward. Like what Bagley can do offensively is disgusting. John Collins is athletic as hell. He can make up for some of the shortcomings from Bagley. And I think the pair of them together is going to be a handful for teams for a while to come. I think Bagley at the four, I know small ball five, four, whatever they're going to end up with. The point being, I think he is someone who you can have as your offensive number one weapon. I think that he commands the ball. He has good dribbling skills down low. He needs to keep his eyes open out of the low post. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, like you are gifted one of the better offensive players. You need to work on his defensive skills. Mm-hmm. But the motor's there. It's not a lack of motivation. It's something, you know, can you teach defense? And a lot of this comes into who comes in as the coaching replacement, you know, whatever they go direction-wise there. Well, they went with Lloyd Pierce, who was Lloyd a former Pierce, assist- assistant for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. was there from 2013 to 2018. Then before that, 2011 to 2013 with Memphis under Lionel, Lionel Hollins. And then he also was... Uh, Coordinator for player development with the Cavs from 27, uh, 2007, 2010, before he was with uh, Santa Santa Clara, uh, 2003, nice. 2007, his alma mater. So I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. So that's Thanks for I know that background. But yeah, Lloyd Pierce is, the, is their new head coach. They just hired him recently. Nice. So yeah, I think that as long as you can teach him some defense, like you are in an awesome position. I think he can be an offensive one in this league. So I mean, sue me. I, I said, you know, you can't build around a five. I don't know that. He's necessarily the guy, but he's someone who can score in bunches. He's someone who demands someone on him at all times. Mm-hmm. So he's going to pull guys in around him. Like I said, if you build up his uh, passing IQ, mm-hmm. you could really have something special. Well, and, and how we even talked about him possibly being a four, too. I mean, yeah, you, 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 know, you mentioned small ball center, too. 
Yeah. But I mean, him he, and John Collins are going to be yeah. both down there. And he, they'd be four or five, uh, you know, duo down there, and it's, it's going to be interesting. I have him going Bagley as well. I and mean, we talked about star at least, uh, you know, potential Bagley. Like Dave mentioned, I mean, he's got mm-hmm. the motor, he's got the scoring ability, he's got the want to be a great player. Defense is a problem, but he's, this kid's also still young. Um, and I know we mentioned this with uh, DeAndre Ayton, where you know Ayton can't play defense. It's a big you know factor with Bust, but you're taking a guy number one overall at number three, and hell, maybe he turns into a, a thinner jaw because he's got this offensive <laughs> game. But again, we're talking about a motor, and the, the big problem with jaw was the lack of a motor, the lack of motivation. Um, Bagley has proven that he has at least the motor to yeah. at least kick some ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's a big thing for, for Marvin Bagley. And then also, again, you mentioned the John Collins and, and the, the Marvin Bagley fit. I mean, that's going to be a dynamic duo for the years to come uh, down low. And I, I think they probably end up keeping Schroeder um, because it's not a pushing need, a pressing need that they need to get rid of him. And he's going to meet with the owner soon. He's going to meet with him on the direction of the team. And now having the third overall pick will also help them be like, hey, this is what we're going to do with the third overall pick, or at least this is what we're planning out. This mm-hmm. is how we're going to take the direction to build around you and at least give you some weapons around you, like Marvin Bagley. And I think having two guys in John Collins, Marvin Bagley, mm-hmm. playing off of Torian Prince, who's a, who's so far a, a, a great 3 and D wing, uh, or at least has the potential to be a great 3 and D wing. And then also Dennis Schroeder, um, who so far has been you know, a good scorer and also has the ability to pass a little bit. I think this team, at least, you have four starters and you need that you know extra little bit of a push to, to put just, you over the edge. I think that the Atlanta Hawks, I, I think they would be you know sorely mm-hmm. mistaken not to go with Marvin Like Bagley. If they're going to keep Dennis Schroeder, then Bagley would have been my pick here. But the way I see this playing out, and I'll go prediction mode, is basically he's going to meet with the team already by naming teams and then directly after that, kind of throwing a little slight at the Hawks. Like, well, those teams are headed in the right direction. I think this is going to be... You said you mentioned the Bucks, right? Yeah, the Bucks and the Because guess who's interviewing with the Bucks? Buttonhoser. Buttonhoser. Um, But I think that how this is going to play out is Dennis Schroeder is going to already have his mind made up and he wants out of town. And their their hand might be forced to be made because it's like, well, do we keep him around where he could be a cancer in this locker room because he doesn't want to be here? Or do we trade him for something? Well, that's his fault. He just signed a fucking contract extension. That's your fault. Oh, well, I know. I mean, like, I mean that. But again, like, he doesn't have any say in where he goes. He doesn't have a no trade clause. Oh, I he know. doesn't have anything to. And that's what I said. If, if I'm the Hawks trading him, it ain't gonna be to where you want. It's where I'm gonna get the best for no, you. No, but even then, I'm just saying, like, he, he also doesn't have a say where he needs to yeah. go. I mean, I'm sorry. He's if not, I don't get a good enough deal, then. Sorry, you're stuck here. 2017, 2018, he's got 15.5 mil from 2017, mm-hmm. 2018, all the way to uh, 2021, where it'll be an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, I mean, like he has no say in if he wants to go or not. So, that's the biggest thing is Dennis Schroeder can't really force his hand. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to buy into the system if they want to keep you around. That's the, you know, the, the, the whole deal, Dennis Schroeder. You signed back in uh, <laughs> whatever it was. Uh, you re-upped, and, and that's your fault. I mean, you shouldn't have re-upped if you didn't believe in the, the future of this, this situation. I guess he was also an RFA at the point as well. Um, but still, I mean, if, if it doesn't matter what he says, he's got to quit being an immature player and you know go along with the contract that you signed. I mean, that's that's the that's the whole bargain. Sorry, no, this isn't a player's no, league I don't buying the fucking it, team. But it is a player's league. It is league. the most player's league. <laughs> but Dennis Schroeder isn't sports. the player that's going to be demanding and, and moving the, the no, market. No, but I mean, if you have LeBron James, Paul play, George, Carmelo Anthony will be. That's his fault, though. I mean, like, he's he's tanking his own value there yeah, I think and not wanting to play. He's making his own mistake, and nobody's willing to get, pay a guy you on that. who's mm-hmm. making $15.5 million who's going to be throwing a tantrum. This is a team, you know, this is a league that's going to be next year. You know, and he's asking off, for playoff spots. Yeah, and, and this in this offseason as well, they're not going to be having, you know, handing out $15.5 million contracts to players like Dennis Schroeder. 
Like, I mean, you look at a guy like Lou Will, who's making eight, eight mil over the next three years. I mean, that was a guy that, you know, averaged, what, near 20 points per game? Guys like Dennis Schroeder isn't going to be making $15.5 million per season, maybe just because he was young, that's why he got the contract. But again, I mean, it's something with Schroeder is you're signed and locked into this contract. You're going to have to buy in and play the system. I don't think he's moving just because he throws a, a hissy fit. Dennis Schroeder's not moving the needle I, like a guy like Carmelo Anthony LeBron James. I don't think it's going to be a hissy fit, but I think they will work something out to get him How is this down. not a hissy fit? I, I want to be on a better team. The one I thing mean, is, you signed the contract, just, buddy. He, yeah, he threw a little slight at them with that comment, right. but I don't think it's him throwing a hissy fit. I think yet. the other thing like is... Deleting all of his <laughs> posts on Instagram, on following oh, on Twitter. That's Julio pettiness jo- right there. Julio Jones and Jordan Howard, that's what you said but before that the was, podcast. But that was different. I'm saying, the I'm same saying, thing. Well, no, because th- I said that stuff before I read the article yeah. about him mm-hmm. actually going out and bashing the yeah. the team. Julio Jones did that because I he, think, he didn't say anything publicly. He just did that because he was revamping. This is social gonna, media. Same with Jordan Howard. I think this is going to be where they have their talk and they come to an agreement that, you know what, it is better if we split and ways and we will find a place for you. I can't guarantee it'll be one of these two teams, but I will try to get you out of town. Why? But they why, also why, have other assets to move for? with him. They mm-hmm. do have two later picks in this first round. So, I mean, it's not like they're short. They're, they're not strapped for cash. To try right to now. move up they in can, the draft, maybe. They can move assets. They have a ton of cap room. So, they're a team who could make a splash. That's all I'm saying. Oh, what, are, what are we thinking Splash, though? Now, I like, here's, now, see, one, here's one in my real, head. Real quick, though. Okay. The, the, now, if we're saying making a Splash, pairing mm-hmm. a guy like Dennis Schroeder, even though you know he's not going to be moved to the Pacers or Bucks, that doesn't matter because, again, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, mm-hmm. um, so he doesn't really dictate where he goes. Yeah. Um, but you know, now if we're talking making a Splash, then I'm more interested. If we're yeah. just saying trade Dennis Schroeder because no, but he's if, upset. If he's angry and he's like, I want to compete for the playoffs again, you're in the East. Let's be honest. It's not hard to get back to the playoffs in the East. So say mm-hmm. they do go, like we said, with a Marvin Bagley there. Then they go, okay, let's, let's replace our two. You could go KCP, Avery Bradley, uh, Hazonia, Tyreek Evans. If you get him a sexy offer, he might walk away from Memphis. Like, there's guys out there, Zach Levine. No one knows what the offer will be from the bull side. So yeah. if you want to be a jerk and you can Brooklyn Nets them mm-hmm. and just toss out a, a death contract and be like, hey, eat it or else. I mean, there are names to fill in this roster with. They have money. So you, you're not locked I'm into gonna, saying we're not a playoff team. We're going to rebuild for the next two years and waste your prime. I'm going to throw it out right now. And I don't know the main parts of this deal, but they could do this. I've the whole time been thinking – a Schroeder for Kemba because the Hornets then get a point guard that's, that's locked down. <laughs> Kemba could, I mean, with the Hawks, it's whatever. We get Kemba mm-hmm. for a year and the Hawks with their cap might be like, okay, fine, Hornets, we'll take one of your bad contracts. Yeah, you take Nick Batum. Yeah, we'll take one of your bad contracts because we can and we get Kemba Walker and could maybe lock him down. But but uh, so are they getting the eleventh uh, the eleventh pick then? I don't know how the pick. See, would because go. that's the thing is, if you're going to move Dennis Schroeder, I'm, assuming, I'm talking about making a splash, yeah, and I'm, you need to get younger players. I'm assuming what I would do is so the Hawks would give up Schroeder the nineteenth and the thirtieth, and they would take, and then the Hornets would give up Walker, Batum, and the eleventh for Dennis Schroeder the nineteenth and thirty. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's a that's a thing where yeah you're unloading contract there. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, is Charlotte going to be a place where Dennis Schroeder's happy? Like, that's something where, again— doesn't I, matter. I'm trading them where I get the, the Hornets, best in I'm return. saying in the Hornets. Yeah. As I'm the Hornets, mm-hmm. why am I going to give up on the 11th pick where we have him uh, taking a point guard mm-hmm. in Colin Sexton? Because I get a point guard my prime. But a guy that to wants a... to be in a certain spot and is clearly not happy. So if he's going to be in a sp- spot where, hey, the Charlotte Hornets aren't looking to contend anytime soon. Who knows? Then, it's Charlotte. I mean, then, they, were only, they were only two spots out of the playoffs. I know no, that. I know, but, but that was also with Kemba Walker. That was with Nick Batum. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting rid of those two players maybe, and you're bringing Dennis Schroeder. Maybe Dennis thinking, Schroeder thinks I'm he's the guy. as Mitch Kupchak. Yeah. But he's not the guy. I mean, he hasn't proven that he's better mm-hmm. than Kemba Walker. So it's a downgrade there. That's what I'm saying. As the Hornets, is he going to be happy on our Hornets team or is he just going to be our problem now for the next four years? Yeah. I don't know. Lots That's, of I'm questions. trying to think, you know, just because it works out in our, our mind, mm-hmm. you know, hey, this is a team with cap. We can ship Kemba Walker over. But I'm just saying, as the Hornets, why would they want to do that if you know Dennis Schroeder won't be happy on the Hornets and he's not very happy with the Hawks? Mm-hmm. I'm, that's, that's all I'm saying. Again, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Bagley, though, is a pick for me. Bagley's a pick for Dave. And then uh, Ricky has them going with Trey Young. Let's move now to the Grizzlies, who did get screwed at four. I have them going with Jaron Jackson. Ricky has them going with Marvin Bagley the third, And Dave has them going with Jaron Jackson. Dave, we're... Thinking, We're the same uh, like seven. Very similar so far. Uh, but we have them going, again, bigs here, forward positions that are going to be playing the four. Um, Ricky, you have them going Marvin Bagley over Jaron Jackson, who's mm-hmm. still on your board. Why do you have Bagley over Jackson? I mean, to me, it comes down to just who I've got ranked higher on my big man for where they really don't need a guy like Mo Bamba because they got Marc Gasol. And with Bagley, Dave talked about it with, I believe it was the Kings, or no, the Hawks, but the, oh, we compare them with John Collins. Well, with the Grizzlies, I'm going to pair Marvin Bagley with Marcus Saul and just have those two bigs down low. I don't really have to reach for, like, a Michael Porter Jr. at this point or get a Mo Bamba, and I'm just going to take the best big to fit at the four and pair, hoping that Car- uh, hoping that Parsons comes back healthy, Conley is healthy, and that this team adds a top-five talent and makes a playoff run next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone who doesn't play defense on the Grizzlies is just a little confusing because that team has been, they, they were the grit and grind. I know the grit and grind days are mm-hmm. gone, long yeah. gone, unfortunately, but I still feel you like... You can't take that for data anymore. I still feel like that team would love to emphasize having a four and interchangeable to the five whenever they need to. Jaron Jackson Jr., maybe a transitional guy at the end of Marcus Gasol's career mm-hmm. because Jaron can stretch out the floor. He's fundamentally sound. He plays... Tough physical defense. You know, it's everything that pick to me screams Memphis Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson just seems like the guy I could write in and be like, you could show it to anybody, like, yeah, he looks like he could be a Memphis Grizzly. But the mm-hmm. question I would ask, and I mean, in yours it's easy because Marvin Bagley's already off the board. Mm-hmm. But if, let's say, I'm putting you in my situation, Bagley and Jaron Jackson are both, both there, available. would you still take Jackson over Bagley? See, I, I'm going to jump in there because okay. I was yeah. just about to throw that mm-hmm. out there as well. I would be taking Marvin Bagley yeah. in this situation if I was Memphis if those two players were yeah. both on the board. Um, again, I just had him, uh, Marvin Bagley mm-hmm. going to the Atlanta Hawks because, again, we look at Marcus Saul and what he brings. Marcus Saul, even though he's still not at that, he's not at that level anymore. He was a defensive player of the year. He's still good defensively. Mm-hmm. Mike Conley's good defensively. They need that game-changing scorer in my mind. They don't have that on their team right now. I know Marcus Saul can put up near you know 20 points, 20, 23 per game, but again, this is an aging Marcus Saul, mm-hmm. um, and he's still a great passer and will continue to be a great passer. And Mike Conley, again, he'll he'll be good for you know what 16 to, to 19 points per game. A season, 
Marvin Bagley has that top end of possibly putting up, you know, maybe 25 points per game. We don't really know, but again, what he's shown so far, he has the ability, especially with two great veterans around him, to possibly put up 25 points per game. So I think that's a big thing with me is you already have two guys who are good defensively in Marcus All, in Mike Conley, pair some dynamic offense with them in Marvin Bagley. So I think that's going to be something big. But Dave, yeah. I mean, let's look at the Jaron Jackson fit. Why would you go Jaron Jackson over Marvin Bagley? So I would take Jaron Jackson over Bagley because for me, uh, I, I already said, you know, screams Memphis Grizzly, but when I look at Jaron Jackson, it's the defensive toughness and it's the ability to stretch the floor out. He has no flaws in his game outside of his potential overaggression on defense. He's a guy who we haven't seen get full minutes in a game consistently. You know, he's been used sparingly, and whether that's because of his foul trouble or whether that's because it was the system that he played in, mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see him in a expanding role where the team can look to him more. And guess what? It doesn't have to be right away because he has guys like Mike Conley, like Marcus All, and potentially Tyreek Evans if he decides to come back. So you're not in a position where you have to come in day one and drop 20. You're in a spot where if you're lethal from the outside, stretching the floor, and then providing another defensive big who can help run the floor, ooh, well, that's, that's good. One, one thing, too, is, I mean, we look at both these players coming from Blue Blood mm-hmm. um, college basketball programs, Bagley's from Duke and, and Jackson from uh, Tom Izzo's Spartans. I mean, we've seen that before, but even Jackson wasn't a number one. He was only playing around 20 minutes per game when he was playing for the Spartans. That was because of his foul trouble. Um, that was also just because of how deep that team was. Where you look at Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley was the guy where they already had Grayson Allen, who was a senior. They had uh, four freshmen there in Wendell Carter Jr., Bagley, uh, Duvall, and then I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Gary Trent uh, Jr. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, the I one mean, you he, always forget. Yeah, he was the number one guy. Um, and, and Trent's probably the better out of him <laughs> and Duvall. Um, but uh, again, I mean, Marvin Begley was the guy. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. one thing where that does differentiate you. Will Jackson be able to show that he's the guy at any point? I know you're saying that he won't need to do that right away. But at any point, will he ever be able to show that? in his NBA career, or will he be capped out as a guy who's going to be playing well off ball, he's going to be a good defensive player, but will he be able to Elite you know, expand his role? Elite versus someone who could be in the maybe bottom end of Blake Griffin range. Mm-hmm. Like, which would you rather have going forward? That's my question. Mm-hmm. Like, if you end up with a, uh, think, think, you know, cheap Blake Griffin versus elite role player at the 4-5, I don't know. I mean, I think it's up for a question because I mean, Bagley is a better shooter than Blake. I mean, Blake, at least I mean so far. I mean, I mean, Bagley, not statistically. Well, no, I'm saying Bagley right now. <laughs> I mean, Bagley's better than Blake coming out of college shooting wise. Oh, okay. Like I'm saying, at least where they yeah. were in their college. I mean, mm-hmm. take Blake. What fucking ten years now? Nine years to develop a jump yeah, shot. Yeah, but his, his outside range. shot, yes, has grown. But still, his bread and butter was that low post coming out, and man, he rolled with it. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's just. It's I see the only th- the only reason I dump back to Blake is because it's a smooth big man with good post moves with good athleticism with a high motor so like that's I don't I don't really think that I'm going too f- much further than that to be honest mm-hmm. but I see Triple J as somebody who can roll as a elite role player at the four five be a defensive stopper guy who stretches floor guy who probably will never and this is the thing I don't know that he'll ever get a max contract. I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing, though. If you're drafting here, if you go for someone like Marvin Bagley who can ball out but has so many deficiencies defensively where you're you're hamstrung by that player and by that player's contract, mm-hmm. like you roll into a bad position. But a guy like Triple J will always be useful, always going to be a need for a big who can play elite defense, who can stretch the floor and shoot at a good percentage. So I don't know. It's I think it comes down to like, 
what you value, really, as far as the NBA draft is concerned. Ricky, any final thoughts on the Memphis Grizzlies pick? I mean, for me, it's the next two are going to be real easy, like, if the facto picks for me. And this was one just like, you know what? Based off of what happened above, take the best big. He can pair next to Marcus All. Move right along. And you think that best big is Marvin Bagley? Yeah, it's Marvin Bagley over Jaron Jackson. I mean, Mo ba- actually, Mo Bamba would be... I was waiting for I your would, Mo Bamba well, early because he he's no, here's number two big, no, isn't he? But he doesn't fit. I don't think there's any team besides, like, the Kings taking Aiton that were like, yeah, we need a center except for the team we're going to talk about next. All right. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Michael Porter Jr. too because Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm. again, could be a, a spot here um, where he could end Two up going for seven. Memphis. Two through seven's the range. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Michael Porter Jr., especially how he performs at that combine. I mean, mm-hmm. how you could even throw the one in there because I, I talked about him being my favorite prospect before he got yeah. injured. I still think that, again, if he's healthy, he might still be my favorite prospect. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be absolutely big to see what happens with Michael Porter Jr. If he is healthy and he falls to Memphis at four, this could be uh, prime Michael Porter Jr. spot because, again, while they did have Reek, while they do have Ch- Chandler Parsons, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Parsons is never healthy. Reek might not be on this team after mm-hmm. after this year. We'll see what happens in the offseason. They can get a guy at that three or the four spot, again, if, if Porter is a four in the NBA, that could be a true star. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Grizzlies at four. Let's move now to the Dallas Mavericks at five, and it is Mo Bamba across the <laughs> board. We talked about this and when uh, who the best prospect fit is for Going the one Dallas Mavericks. Five was Mo Bamba, according to Sean. If they're one, they're taking Mo Bamba. If they're three, <laughs> they're taking Mo Bamba. If they're five, they're taking Mo Bamba. They are now locked in at that five, posi- five position, and I am not afraid for them taking Mo Bamba at that spot. We talk about Mo Bamba a ton on this podcast. Seven six wingspan has the ability to become uh, an elite. Uh, defender in the NBA, and now we see him working on his jump shot. Uh, at the, even at the end of college, we saw him hit a couple threes. Now he's actually refining his shot from more of a trebuchet slot to uh, a traditional um, catch and shoot shot. So this is a guy Mobamba that is very very raw, but has the uh, at least the uh, measurables at that seven six wingspan, clocking in around seven feet tall. Has a decent athleticism, uh, has a very raw game, but a guy like Rick Carlisle could develop this guy into an NBA star. I think it's clear as day Mo Bamba's the pick. Well, and not just that. One of the biggest things I know that people are asking, we're asking them before the draft lottery, like, oh, what would it be? What would it mean to go to New York, go back home? This to me is a slam dunk as well. Played in Texas, in Austin. You know what? He's going to go to Dallas. This is a guy then that the fans can kind of wrap themselves around. Like yeah. living in anywhere in Texas, you probably knew who Mo Bamba was or had a Tarn good idea him. of who Stands he was. And now he's going to be playing for one of your teams in Texas in the Dallas Mavericks. And a fun thing too, Dave. I mean, you got Dirk and Mo Bamba. As long as Dirk will be playing there, he's coming back for another season. He never, he's never retired. You're going to have Mo Bamba at the five, Dirk at the four, mm-hmm. uh, Harrison Barnes at, at the the three. Uh, the three. DSJ at the one, Wes Matheny Jr.'s at the uh, the two. I mean, it's going to be an interesting lineup to see how Bamba pairs with Dennis Smith Jr., with Dirk Nowitzki. How much do you think those players like D- DSJ, Dirk, how much do you think Mo Bamba will be able to gel with these guys? I think it's going to be really, really great fit for him because he's coming into an organization that has treated their players so well over time. This is a team that won a championship around Dirk and a bunch of you know veterans, basically, mm-hmm. who have been role players and traveling along the league. And it, it's been... A good story for Dallas. I know they've got their front office troubles right now, mm-hmm. and that's a whole other story. But as far as the players are concerned, it's nothing but positive and positive experiences mm-hmm. with them on that team. The only guy staying out is Nerlens Noel. Like he's obviously his yeah. own situation. So with that being said, I think as long as they clear him away from the team uh, before Mo shows up, 
Yeah. They're in good shape because you pair Mo Bamba on that team and you look at the guys around him who he can talk to, who he can work with, who can help shape his game. There's no better big to learn to shoot from than Dirk Nowitzki. I do want to throw this out there, though. We did see a clash between uh, Rajon Rondo and Rick Carlisle as well, and then also, obviously, Nerland's uh, not, not yeah. really picking up his Rondo, I forgot about the whole, yeah, um, I'm smarter than the coach thing. Yeah, but that's also because Rondo just went on a complete image repair where mm-hmm. now he's playoff Rondo, and it's just an absolute different, different guy. He just hated Dallas because he's smarter mm-hmm. than Rick Carlisle. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like, or it, it was again, dealing he, with D. Wade and Jimmy that's like, oh my God, is that what I was like? No, I'm just I'm just saying we're, we're again like you're right. He, no, I, we I, thought yeah. Rajon Rondo was done. Well, you might traded, have, I didn't. Got traded to Boston. <laughs> the large narrative coming out of Dallas, you fucking ass. All of Dallas still thinks that, Rondo's a bum. That's all you no, need but, to know. But I'm They're just, a bunch of salty fans. About a ton him. of people were just saying he was traded for a reason because I mean, like people didn't think he was the same Rondo anymore. So everyone was like, "Oh, Boston got rid of Rondo. You didn't think he was going to be that great anymore. We'll see if Dallas can fix him." Mm-hmm. And then he what, didn't work on Dallas, and then he went to I don't Sacramento. Think it was fix. I think it was the fact that the Celtics were reloading at the time. Okay. They knew they. I'm sorry. You're 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 selling a narrative that I just don't believe, Sean. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm just saying the majority of people that I talk to believe that the narrative was you that were also when he went to, at the time. when he went to. It's not true. When he went to Sac, I think I was doing this podcast at the time. He then he goes to Sacramento and, and, and works with Boogie. Years ago. Works with Boogie. Four years, you know, drops like 15 uh, assists per game. Yeah. People are like, oh, maybe this is going to be the actual time that Rondo turns around. He goes to Chicago. Obviously, playoff Rondo comes back. And then we saw what he did with New Orleans. Uh, I mean, that was just another player that did not gel in that Dallas in that Dallas resume. But uh, outside of that, I mean, we see that uh, you know, uh, you, uh, every other player has pretty much worked out for Dallas. And uh, again, I think Mobamba has the motivation. He's talked mm-hmm. about being a great player before, um, which I is think, away from yeah. New Orleans Noel and Rajon Rondo. Even though, again. Rondo was a different mm-hmm. thing. He thought he was smarter than everybody else. Um, I don't think we get that vibe from Obama. No. And again, he's working on he's his shot. He's super humble. And yeah. he's got the, to me, his ceiling is he can develop into the best big in this draft five, ten years down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all can see that. But again, mm-hmm. it's going to be a long way for that to happen. Right, Dave? That would be a very narrow percentage. But yes, it's possible. I'll agree to that. I mean, we talk about this kid possibly being Joel Embiid. That's why we throw that yep. out there. That's where, exactly where, what I'm seeing. Where we talk about, you know, we look at, um, at least similarity stat wise and everything, you know, similar body, very lanky. Um, I know, you know, different players, you know, but again, you look at the stat lines, you look at the, the similarities, at least body wise, um, they have the ability to turn in the same players. Um, it depends on the work that Mobamba is going to put in. Um, but even then, I mean, you know, DeAndre Ayton, we talk about his uh, deficiencies defensively. We look at Marvin Bagley, we talk about his deficiencies uh, defensively. Jaron Jackson, we we talk about his at least ceiling. Where is it going to cap out at? Mo Bamba has that high ceiling, has at least shown uh, both sides, at least offensively and defensively. And we talk about him having the right mindset. I think that's the reason why his ceiling is high. Is it a small percentage? Yes, because there's three guys being drafted already in our mock drafts going above him. Well, it's not Ricky because it doesn't have Jaron Jackson off the board yet. But at least mm-hmm. our mock draft, Dave, yep. we have Jaron Jackson, Marvin Bagley, and Jadre Ayton going ahead of him. But again, we talk about the reasons why uh, you know Mo Bamba has the ability to become better than those players. Um, you know, again, the the motor showing both sides, um, and also uh, you know his at least uh, you know uh, measurables. He has the ability to turn into the best big man in this draft. Um, I think he's going to pair well, at least in that system. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and him running pick and rolls. If he has the ability to actually show that pick and pop, they can work Dirk down low. And we see, you know, obviously Dirk's turnaround jumper from the low block. They can even switch that um, if they want. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they develop. And you also still have a dangerous scorer in Harrison Barnes. You have a good outside shooter in uh, Wesley Matthews, Matthews Jr. So it's going to be an interesting fit for Rick Carlisle, Mark Cuban, and the Dallas Mavericks if they end up going with Mobamba at five. Now, let's go to our favorite team, the Orlando Magic at six. I have them going with Trey Young. Ricky, you have them going Colin Sexton. I think this is the highest Colin Sexton yep. has gone in any mock Ever. draft this year. 
And then Dave has them, shockingly, going with Trey Young. So a normal spot for Trey Young, for, uh, yeah. for Dave Oster there, at the Magic. Dave, you came in, you know, brimming, teeth, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, cheek to cheek. Uh, with uh, with a smile talking about Trey Young going to Orlando. Why yeah. is it a perfect fit in your mind? Uh, Orlando gets what they most desperately need, which is a potential superstar. They get a kid who has shown that he has everything it takes to be an NBA stud. He has an amazing three-point shot, great range. He's good with talking to the media. He has the right attitude. He not once has complained about the lack of teammates as much as everyone in the media says he's a one-man team. He's playing 1v9 out there. He has never said a bad thing about his team. He's only been positive about the experience. And even when we look into the advanced stats about after the second half of the year, him being double-teamed on some crazy percentage of the plays. like 40%. 40%. I mean, it's freaking crazy. So Take him out of the game. They didn't have anyone else. That That's the thing. Like, I... There are so many positive for that, and yes, for like half the year, he was, this kid could be a one through three pick. The only reason he fell was because of his stats dropping, because teams adjusted to him. Mm-hmm. When you go to the NBA, it's it's not as easy to single off a player. The level of the level of uh, competition is so much closer in the NBA than it is in college, where it's just such a widespread. You've got professional athletes, soon-to-be professional athletes, playing alongside guys who are soon-to-be like lawyers or businessmen or whatever, like... It's it's just not even close level competition. So I see Trey Young and the Magic as the ideal fit because they get the guy who can run their offense for the future. They get a guy who can shoot lights out from the outside and literally anywhere inside of half court, he's going to pull the trigger on it. So now you give him some weapons and Aaron Gordon, a developing Jonathan Isaac, and honestly, like Busevich can still score really well. That's never been his problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fournier has been a knockdown shooter his entire career. Yeah, Fournier consistently put it up near 17 points per game. We see the development in Eric Gordon, his athleticism. Uh, Jonathan Isaac having the ability if he defensively can, if he to can flex. up a little bit. He, yeah. he could be something good. Yeah. Still a very young player as well. And, and you talked about his usage. Uh, Trey Young, third all time since they have been uh, counting usage, at least uh, from uh, Sports Reference College basketball site, uh, since 2009-2010 as the third highest usage, or sorry, the third most points uh, mm-hmm. with a 37 usage or higher. Um, Jimmer Fredette, Chris Clemens above him. And you look at the names in that top 15 that are, are in there, the only other pro in that ranking is C.J. McCollum uh, from Lehigh at 12. Um, but again, even then, uh, in that year, he only played, uh, C.J. only played uh, 12 games, put up 34, uh, not 34 points per game. Uh, at least in that game, though, uh, you know, in that season, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. uh, t- played 12 games, put up 287 points. Uh, I don't know what that averages out to, but ridiculous numbers there from C.J. McCollum. Uh, yeah. So we really haven't seen a pro mm-hmm. with that level usage in college, especially from a big-time program like Oklahoma, Ricky, um, at least transition in the NBA outside of C.J. McCollum. So does that worry you, or is it just the fact that he's at Oklahoma getting that much usage? That's actually a positive. No, I have I've never been on the train of, oh, my God, that is a problem. It was just Oklahoma had a very special player. They had nobody else on that team that could come close to him. They were going to live and die by Trey Young most of last year. And I mean, for the Magic, I'll be honest. Like, this is either an I'm sorry moment or a you're welcome moment from me. Because if you liked that we've had Trey Young go to the Magic the whole time, then I'm sorry I don't have him going there. Or if you hated it, you're welcome. But I mean, the thing that we can all agree on and we do with it is point guard is to me the biggest need position on this team. Because the way I looked at it, of course, you guys had Jaron Jackson already off the board, but for me, it's Porter, it's Jackson, it's Sexton. Those are the three guys I'm looking at. And, I mean, with Jaron Jackson, Aaron Gordon, I expect to be back. 
I don't know if Mo of House Buckets will be back, but maybe he does. They do re-sign him this offseason. Jaron Jackson, I kind of push to the side. It comes down Sexton or Porter. And with the questions right now with Porter, he can answer those in the combine. I had Sexton jump up because, like, you know what? This is almost like a Sacramento Kings taking De'Aaron Fox type of pick for me, where it's like, I'm not happy with DJ Augustine. I need somebody that can handle the ball, be my point guard, or point forward if you were going to take Michael Porter Jr. That's why I had him going Colin Sexton. They need somebody that can run this offense and bring the ball up for them. I'm confused by the Sacramento Kings reference in that one. Well, because I've always said that Colin Sexton in this draft has been closer to the deer and Fox, the guy who is more of the driver compared to the shooter, whereas Trey Young has been more like Lonzo Ball, the guy that's going to get assists and shoot the ball more than drive to the basket. I'm going to side table that one for another day because yeah. I know that's going to be a draft mm-hmm. topic. All right, as far as them taking Sexton, if he is the next best point guard available, and mm-hmm. since you have Trey going, I agree. I, I think that in your case, you're absolutely 100% right. You take Colin Sexton. He's still an elite athlete yep. as a point guard. He obviously is known for being more of a scorer himself than facilitator, mm-hmm. but I I don't think that's cause for concern because I'm not sure that if you go Shea, it would feel like a heavy reach. I think if you were not in love with Colin Sexton and you're the Magic and I'm, I'm looking at your spot, mm-hmm. I would take a stab at Michael Porter. I don't care if it be damned. You, I would go for the guy who has the well, highest upside at that point. My whole question with Michael Porter, know, too, is... this combine. Well, No, no, not just oh, that. Okay. I personally see him as a three. Yeah. But I know there's some out there, some sitting across the table from Again, us. Again, it's, it's what he's shown us so far. No, I know. In the past but year, like, he's shown us to be a four. Because that question is there... Right now, I was like, you know what? Give me the guy who is a ball handler that I could draft as my point guard, and he can be my point guard for X years down the line. And I'll worry about, like, because they've got, they just got Jonathan Isaac last year. I know he's not the offensive guy. They've drafted him more off of his defense. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going with a pure ball handler right now, I might lean Colin Sexton for the Magic over a Michael Porter Jr. with what he showed us. We talked about the fit. How does or Michael Porter shown. Jr. at least fit the Orlando Magic with the players it currently mm-hmm. have? I say fit be damned. You know? Well, he, how, he would, how would he fit? Plays. How would that starting lineup look? Where you move Isaac uh, to the five, Gordon to the four, and then put MPJ I mean, Isaac the three? isn't even close to starting yet, so I'm not worried about that. Okay, so just you're, you're leave Vucevic at the five? Yeah, uh, unless you can get a trade for Vucevic for a starting caliber point guard or a pick maybe back in, if you can package next year's pick plus Vuce. For Draymond straight up now. Um, for no, a pick I got it. In they this. it. The Suns re-sign Alfred Payton. They ship him back to Orlando, and then Vucevic goes and plays the five for the Suns. There you go. That's that's and that's not deal. And they take Luca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think that their their best answer is to just roll him out there at the three four year old with him and Gordon at the wings, and you just live with it. I don't I don't think you worry too much. I'm hopeful that he will come back athletically mm-hmm. well enough to play the three. Mm-hmm. I think if he's a little slow, you just have him switch on defense. AG plays the three on D. He's athletic enough to cover that. His struggles were offensively at the three because he was not good enough with his ball handling skills to be the three. So I think you just run it out like that. And if you're lucky, you can get Voose out of town for a point guard or Voose plus a pick to get back up maybe Clippers range. And maybe you can get Shea there. Yeah, and I think maybe maybe that's a possibility. Uh, but with their with their where they're slotted currently uh, yeah. to pick, uh, Trey Young. I don't For think you is, and me, yeah. Again, is the best 
point guard available. I still think Colin mm-hmm. Sexton is going to be the better pro. Um, I'm still going to die on that hill. But again, I, I think you. this is what teams will do. I think that's it's Trey Young. I think I think he's he's higher on people's boards, um, at least across the NBA. And I think again, he has the higher star potential um, out of Colin Sexton and Trey Young. Um, and I think he also probably fits Orlando a little bit better because, again, like Ricky mentioned, he has the the, the passing abilities, which is going to benefit Aaron Gordon, who's shown a little bit of a three-point shot um, at, at the start of the year um, and a deadly three-point shot, at least at the start of the year. Um, yeah, they were uh, incredible. Evan Fournier, we talked about his scoring abilities. It's going to set up Evan Fournier. It's going to at least draw attention away from Trey Young's ability to shoot. I think he's a better fit, at least for the mm-hmm. Orlando Magic. Um, but let's move on now into the seventh overall pick, which is the Chicago Bulls. <sighs> And we, we just have, skipped this one. We talked enough about Michael Porter we have Jr. The same pick for the Chicago Bulls. I'm scared Bulls. he might not be there. For Michael the Bulls. Porter Jr. Yeah. all across the board for me, Dave and Ricky. I felt dirty mm-hmm. doing this just because I know so many Bulls fans watch Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. And I do I, so bad. It's just something where I didn't want to give Ricky the satisfaction. I understand. It's something where again. Also, it's the biggest question about the injury. If he's not injured, though, he's not going to be here for the Chicago Probably Bulls. And I not. think most teams know that. And most people know that, Ricky. Well, and the thing that I mean that I had the hard decision making in mind personally is because Jaron Jackson was still around, I had a three-man decision of do I go Michael Porter Jr., which, duh, that's what I was going to do from the start. But, like, Jaron Jackson, if he's there, the Bulls could take him because it's like, oh, you know what? We could then try to trade Rolo. We can roll maybe Jaron Jackson at the five, Laurie at the four, or if you want to play Laurie at the five, Jackson at the four, you can do whichever you want there. Or you could take a Mikhail Bridges, a guy who, hey, we need a three. He could be the three and D guy. So, I mean, with me, there was a little bit of a discussion in my head about who to take, but in the end it all came back to, I'm in the camp of if MPJ is there, we are getting MPJ, draft MPJ. My fear, though, is that we won't get MPJ because I think he's going to show up at the Combine and a team like the Kings or the Magic or someone above us is going to draft him. Do you think we pull the trigger if case scenario with our pick plus 22 plus something to try to get him? Maybe maybe toss in a uh, Bobby Portis, give him the old one-two punch. I mean, the only I don't see us, <laughs> I don't see us trading the seven. Maybe if we can get. Like, I mean, we traded up last year. I mean, I obviously the you Bulls, also had Jimmy Butler though. Mm-hmm. I know. Different. I'm just saying, like the Bulls are not exactly known for like you know have, going down like that. So. If Porter's I don't, I don't a guy though, it. I mean, we we see the you connection. The he's at Bulls games. He's he, he grew up a Bulls fan. I mean, if he's the guy, I mean, why I, why not? If you're in love with him yes. so much, why not? I just for me, I would not give up a I would not give up a player the seventh and the Pelican pick. Like for me, I would try like if I'm giving up maybe Bobby Portis and the Pelican pick, but somehow keeping on to my happening. seventh, like you need to get up the, if you're the gonna seven move has up, to move. The seventh for has to me, move. I feel like if Michael Porter is off the board, there will be prospects there at the seven at the seventh spot that will still be better for. Like I in my head I'm ready to, all right, we didn't get Michael Porter Jr. I'm happy with Mikhail Bridges. I am preparing for that now because we moved down one spot. If you think he's that much of a game changer, though, why wouldn't you do it? That's why I don't understand. Because well, I, I, I mean, as a Bulls fan, uh, I'm saying yes. Ask, we, we hear Buzz and Juice talk combat. about this all the time on, on the Outcast. Mm-hmm. That they are, they're absolutely in love with Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. You talked about him or Trey Young being the guy. If they're not available and you're at seven, or you're, you're looking at seven and you're thinking that Trey Young's not going to be available because the Magic are going to take him, and you look at that two through five spot, that's where Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr. is going to go. Why wouldn't you trade up and get that guy if you think he's going to be the game changer next to Levine, next to Dunn, next to Larry? Because I also like Mikael Bridges. 
Like but, for but, me, but it's you, not but a. Are they in the same realm of potential? No, because we talked like, about Michael Porter Jr. being for, being his top end being a one, where Mikhail is going to be a solid down, starter for you. With years. the Bulls, it comes down to ask me after the combine about Michael Porter Jr. Because if he shows up, then yeah, trade everything in the world for him if he's what we thought he was going to be, and then some. But if he shows up at the combine where it's like, wow, he is still where he's at right now then I wouldn't lean towards trading up for him. I would but be like, But if he's still there, do you another... think that he could fall then? You do, know, do you roll the dice on a guy who you think could be a franchise cornerstone if he's there at and set, hope he falls and be okay with taking Mikhail at if this, he doesn't? At this point, so based off of, let's say, what you've seen so far, pre-combine, yep. 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 if what he's there at so seven, I take him. If he goes before, like if he has a chance to go before, I don't trade up for him, and I just take Mikhail if he wow. does. Okay. If he does show up at the combine, then that percentage kind of sways, and I think heavily about trading up for him because then he's showing me what he can be or what I think he can be at his best. I think the only thing for for Michael Porter Jr. is he's only going to move up. I don't yeah. think I don't think I don't think the combine is really going to kill him too much because I think no. teams are still going to at least see him as a guy that he could be. And again, this is well, he still has it. all of his individual workouts after that. <laughs> yeah. Should he choose to do them, which I assume he would, there's no reason not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's a reason why. I mean, well, if he again, wants if to he... hide from potential criticism or whatever. Maybe mm. if he, he wants to hide from potential teams as well. Maybe he doesn't want to go to Memphis. Maybe he wants to be a Chicago Bull. I mean, again, we fair, see he, all the connections. I say we watched uh, who dodged uh, the Celtics last year. Josh Jackson, right? Yeah, I think no, so. No, it was Lonzo. Didn't Lonzo, I don't think, try so, out for the, the Celtics. I've, it's happened in the past, all I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. teams refuse workouts. KP refused to work out for the 76ers. He didn't want to be on their team. Yeah. Like, we've seen it happen. So, I don't know. I, I think that if you believe that he's the guy, regardless of this workout happening or not, you go in, you do your individual workout with him, and then you make the trade. I, I would be willing to pull the trigger on moving up for him. Mm-hmm. I think everything we've seen out of him coming out of high school said that this guy has the shot that's there. He has a body that is NBA-ready. He needs to get back into shape, which is the biggest question. But if you think the back injury, or if the back injury is medically cleared across the board by you know your doctors, the NBA doctors, the team doctors, then there's no reason not to pull the trigger on that guy. Mm-hmm. I, I think the same thing, too. I mean, again, I think the only way he the only way he moves is up because if he's healthy he's moving up whether and he's not going to be there for the bulls at seven maybe that pushes a guy like trey young down maybe it pushes a guy like mo bamba down maybe it pushes a guy like jaron jackson down but it's going to push one of those guys down if he is healthy because again that 611 frame the ability to shoot from the outside that's something that we don't see every single day and i know some people's point out oh look at marvin bagley completely different players because again we're looking at marvin bagley i'm sorry michael porter jr as a three as a guy that can possibly be a ball handler in certain situations for your team Mm -hmm. um and and this is a kid with his athleticism his at least fluidity to the game bringing the ball up and down the court it's different than michael porter jr's ability we are sorry marvin Marvin bagley's ability we see at least uh michael porter jr being uh, an athlete that can work from you know uh 27 feet out and and in you know, on every single possession where mm-hmm. uh, Bagley's probably going to be run on certain sets behind yeah. the three-point line where he's mostly going to work, you know, inside the arc and, and near the hoop uh, for Marvin Bagley. So the different players, again, we don't really see the, the the frame of Michael Porter Jr. unless we're talking about guys like, you know, I hate to say it, KD. KD, so, Ingram, he comes from the same. We're all hoping for yeah. the same thing for all of, you know, so, everybody worth tossing up to KD. Michael Porter Jr. at seven for the Chicago Bulls. 
All right, let's move to the Cleveland pick. They have the eighth pick from Brooklyn. We're going to be talking about Cleveland, what they should be doing, whether with or without LeBron James. This is going to be probably the worst situation for Cleveland. Didn't get a top three pick, which probably would have been able to be easily conveyed for a guy like Kawhi Leonard or at least be able to get you a game changer. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, Bron, we're getting a top three pick. Probably the worst, at least, situation for Cleveland. You still have a top eight pick, but now you look back at that Kyrie trade. You're getting Isaiah Thomas, not on the team. Jay Crowder, not on the team. This pick was ended up being, you know, Brooklyn, we thought they were going to be one of the worst teams, possibly could have been a top three pick, ends up being a eighth worst situation for Cleveland. What does Cleveland do? I mean, you have uh, you have them going with, uh, I have them going, sorry, I have them going with Mikael Bridges. Mm-hmm. You have them going Jaron Jackson. You have them going Mikael Bridges. I think they're getting a steal with, you know, at least Jaron Jackson. Well, and I mean, the reason why I had them going Triple J is because LeBron's still on the team. And I mean, if LeBron's still on the team, you can get Jaron Jackson, you can play him at the four, you can play him at the five. I would probably play him at the five, K-Love at the four. The thing that I worry about if I'm the Cavs mm-hmm. is if LeBron leaves, I don't know what the hell you do with this pick then. Because, yeah, you could take a Mikhail Bridges then, but he's not going to be your number one. Like, he's not the guy. Like, you're going to lose LeBron, and there's no one going to take that number one role in this draft. So that's why, to me, if they lose LeBron, this pick could get traded. Could get traded for something just because they feel like we need to get a scorer that can fill what LeBron just left and You're gave us that void. You're not going to get anything that comes close to that. Well, no, 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 though, not close wise. to LeBron. I'm just well, saying, like... No, but... What? Well, I, that's what I'm, I, you're I'm saying value for, to the pick, though. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Okay. I think you take Mikhail, like, mm-hmm. in your situation, I would take Mikhail because at least you have the top on you're hoping for someone that comes in sort of, you know, in the mold of Clay Thompson or Chris Mid, where he can come in and be a 20-point-a-game scorer, maybe not number one option truly, but in these couple of years, he can do the job. I mean, the thing with with the draft is we're not going to know if LeBron's going or leaving because right. it's it's happening in June yeah. and all free agency stuff happens in July. So, I mean, I'm, I'm picking if if I'm Dan Gilbert, if I'm the ownership, if I'm Kobe Altman, I'm picking on based on LeBron James mm-hmm. staying. I, I think we've done enough where LeBron's going to stay. LeBron's a Cleveland guy. I'm picking because of LeBron. Maybe that's mm-hmm. short-sighted, but that's what I'm doing. I'm going with Cal Bridges because I think that's going to at least add enough to him because you're going to get a 3 and D player that's going to at least be able to help you against the Warriors, against mm-hmm. Boston. We see what wings are doing right now in this series. We see what Cleveland's wings aren't doing in J.R. Smith. That's playing defense. That's hitting effective threes. We see Mikael Bridges has that ability to do so. I think that's going to be a nice fit. I know people talk about that five. Wendell Carter's on the board. Mm-hmm. But I think at least pressing right now is that wing spot. You need someone who's going to be guarding Jason Tatum. You need someone who's going to be guarding Jalen Brown. You need someone who's going to be guarding Gordon Hayward. You need someone who's going to be guarding the guys on the Sixers as well. You need a guy who's going to be guarding wings. I think Mikael, Mikael Bridges is going to do that. However, we're talking you know, drafting without LeBron. I think they might be able to get a score like that. Colin Sexton's mm-hmm. still on my board. If you're going to rebuild this team, go with Colin Sexton. This is a guy, well, again, who I think is going to be a better pro than Trey Young, at least at that point guard position. He could be a game changer. We look at Kevin Knox, mm-hmm. one of the youngest players in this draft. We talk about his ability yeah. to possibly score. Maybe you can mold him into that next level number one. And then also Miles Bridges as well at the, at, at, mm-hmm. the, at the three. An interesting player could possibly the, be a number one on a team. The question I was going to ask is, of course I immediately thought to, in my situation, to trade – because Sexton's off the board, Young's off the board. I'm thinking maybe a, hey, Atlanta, what do you want for, like, what are you gauging for Dennis Schroeder? All right, nothing. We're not going to trade that. The question that I have is, if LeBron leaves, is Shea Gilgis, let's say Sexton and Young, like my situation, are off the board, is Shea Gilgis-Alexander too much of a reach for them at eight? 
Shay. Yes. I will. Because in your situation, like, yes. Well, because what we're seeing right now, yeah, Jordan Clarkson is good, but you think? Do you think he's going to be the main point guard in Cleveland for the future? George Hill, I don't know what's going on with him well, right no, now, I, especially in these playoffs where it's like he was well, he coming in, didn't play well. All right, we're going to bench him, then Cavs if, start playing well. If LeBron James is gone, they're taking the player with the, the brightest future. It doesn't yeah. matter yeah. about the position. It doesn't matter about where it's going because mm-hmm. if LeBron's gone, you're most likely trading Caleb. You're trading anybody with value because you're rebuilding this team if LeBron's gone. It's plain and simple as that. So you're taking the best player and the kid with the most potential. That's why I don't think you go with Shea Gale just because I, I, I like Shea Gale just as a, as a prospect, but I think this is too much of a reach. I think we're talking Fit potential. Is not that important at that point. If if you're you know ninety five percent sure LeBron's leaving, fit fit doesn't matter. Fit no mm-hmm. longer matters. It only matters if LeBron's staying. I think that you go like Sean said, the route of a Kevin Knox, Mikhail Bridges, someone, and on yours you even have you know with Jaron Jackson up mm-hmm. there. Like I don't know that I would go him in that situation because like no, if I, you're I going wouldn't. the whole rebuild, sure that's okay. But if you think you can build around like. A more successful version of you know the Kevin Love T Wolves, mm-hmm. where you think that he still has the juice in him, maybe. I think if LeBron's gone, Shots everybody's gone. gone. I, that's that's my no, that's my idea. If, if LeBron's gone, K Love's gone. Mm-hmm. That means you're moving. You're trying to move Tristan Thompson. You're trying to move. Uh, you know, Kyle yeah, you're Carver. in a position where you're probably going to have to move K Love <laughs> to move Tristan Thompson. You're, yeah. Unfortunately, you're, you're trying to strip everything because yeah. this is this is a whole rebuild. If if LeBron's gone. I'm going Colin Sexton, at least at least with, with mm-hmm. the way my, my mock draft is taken so far. Porter's off the board, Trey Young's off the board, Bamba, Jackson, Bagley, Doncic, Ayton, all off the board. I'll put you the, in. the player with the most potential, in my mind, to be a great pro is Colin Sexton. He would be the best fit for the I Cavs feel if like, LeBron's gone. I feel like I know your answer. I feel like you would go Kevin Knox, but what if you're in my situation and Young and, Por- Young and Sexton are off the board? Um, I probably oh Young and Sexton are on yeah. The board. So, so you like Knox like or look at like oh, look Jesus. at my draft and who would you take? Like for me, I would go if LeBron's gone, Mikhail Bridges because he's my BPA. I but I don't well, think I mean, so. Jared I, I think we're talking BPA, but I we're don't talking know. we're talking about potential here. Mm-hmm. So I, I I wouldn't go Mikhail because we talked about him probably possibly capping out as a as a as a number two option. Or at least a, you know an elite three and D player, not a number one option. I mean, we don't see a lot of guys being a th- labeled as a three and D and also mm-hmm. being number one on a team. Like you know, Kevin Love is a good defender. Kevin Love, uh, Kevin Durant's a great defender, but it's Kevin Durant. I mean, that's yeah. one of the most deadly yeah. scorers we've ever seen in NBA history. He's yeah. not seen as a three and D player. He's seen as a great player. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> like know, Jalen Rose has said he's a professional scorer. Yeah, you look at Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges, I think, will be a great three and D player. I don't know if he's going to be a great player, a mm-hmm. professional scorer in that aspect. I think Kevin Knox probably has the most ability. Of most potential to do that. If we're if we're saying Colin Sexton's off the board, I don't think Colin Sexton's off the board though. So Colin Sexton mm-hmm. goes because I think he brings that at least you know leadership at one. I think he brings that tenacity that you want at one. Um, I, I think some people complain about uh, Colin Sexton's ability to at least uh, take some bad shots, uh, kind of dominate the game. But he was on a bad Alabama team, and he also thinks of himself as a leader. Well, I would want that if I'm rebuilding a team. Plus, so. he's used to playing out there with two other guys and. Not other two guys out there. That's a he only played with him and two other players were the Cavs. It could be hey, you know these two guys aren't doing anything. So I mean, he's used to that. Yeah, he could be he could be on a very young team if they are moving pieces left mm-hmm. and right to clear house to try to get back into a rebuild mode. So I, I could see that potentially fitting. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially the way this Boston Celtics uh, series fit, you know flames out. Because if he loses in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it's pretty well, much sure certain that he's gone. I mean, the only I know, way I think he stays is if they go to the finals. And I know you told me not to mention it, but I am because it's final now, 2-0, Celtics up. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to be something that the, the Cavs, you know, have five games to work with and you got to win four. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's going to be rough. 
and a dangerous situation, a thing that we didn't see pl- planning out really. No, the Celtics no. making it this far, and then also <laughs> being up 2-0 after two games. So I mean, Boston's Incredible done a great job. job. Brett, Brett Stevens done a great job. And the crazy thing is they could have had a, a spot um, in in two through five um, with the way <laughs> the Lakers spot uh, that Laker pick uh, lucky Elton Brand, I guess mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, absolutely crazy there. But uh, the Cavs it's gonna be a very interesting situation. This offseason is gonna be hectic. That eight spot. You know, it's is it going to be moved for a guy that's going to help LeBron? Is it going to be moved for a young player that's going to play next to LeBron? Or is it going to be picking LeBron's successor? That's going to be the biggest LeBron thing. LeBron signing trade. And, and you really can't miss out because LeBron has been the reason why Cleveland succeeded in the NBA. LeBron's gone. I mean, that's going to be dark days because you don't have a Kyrie Irving coming up next. You're going to have to see if, you know, Colin Sexton's going to be that guy or not. Would, so it's going to be interesting to see. Would LeBron be so gracious yes. to say, all right, Cleveland, sign. I'll I'll allow a sign and trade and I won't just leave you. I think I've, he would. I'm on the other end. I don't think he would. Come on. He's done it before. Because my, my first thought was, and he hates Dan Gilbert. Because my first thought was, hey, you know what? We let's work a some kind of a deal, LeBron James sign and trade, and we'll take Ryan Anderson off your hands, Houston. Mm, that actually, <laughs> I hate when Ricky starts to make a little more sense. <laughs> He's on our podcast. Come on, quit <laughs> shitting on the guy on our podcast. That makes no, podcast no, it's, it's the tinfoil hat ideas that are like. I could see that. Well, trademark. it's going to make some. I mean, they're going to need to make the cap work out. Yeah. So I mean, Ryan Anderson's probably mm-hmm. going to have to be part of that deal. Yeah. I don't know who else is going to be part of that. Fucking Clint Capella, maybe in a sign trade. I don't know. Uh, we're no. not going to be starting into all the big bad. Bad. Uh, But anyways, hey, that Cavs pick is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you think the Cavs are going to do at that eight spot. Let's jump into the ninth pick, the New York Knicks. We talked about the Knicks possibly being a landing spot for LeBron. That's probably mm-hmm. very unlikely. But uh, I have them going with Wendell Carter Jr. from Duke. Ricky has them going with the Cal Bridges from Villanova. Dave has them going with Kevin Knox from Kentucky. I want to go to Dave first because Kevin Knox, uh, first time going off the board here. Kevin Knox, interesting young forward from Kentucky. Had a real nice start to the year, then faded off a little bit. One of the youngest players in this draft. Why do you think he's a good fit for New York? I think he fits exactly what they're looking for. He's someone who has that extra potential like you mentioned. He's someone who you know doesn't cap out at role player. He's someone who can have multiple tools to kind of create his own I don't, I don't want to say he has superstar potential, but I think he has above-average starter potential in the NBA. I think he's someone, the physicals line up, the attitude's right, and his ability to play, we've seen him go from number one option, number three option on that team, and you didn't hear many problems. He transitioned over. I mean, some might say it's a lack of, you know, wanting to be the guy, and it's it shows a lack of initiative, but at the same time, he followed the coach. It's couch. It's a very different game than the NBA where, you know, really talent trumps a lot of things. And if you have the talent to be the better player, then the offense can run through you. So I think New York runs into a situation where they've got a lot of young guards. And I kind of want to see how that plays out, you know, with them bringing in a couple late in the season. And Frank's uh, slow development year one, which I expected, mm-hmm. but a lot of people were like, you should we be worried? The answer is no. Chill it. Yeah. Chill it. He'll be fine. <laughs> Um, and you give KP another, a wing on the outside who can A, handle the ball, B, shoot pretty well at you know multiple levels. So I think all in all, it's exactly what New York needs this time. Ricky, you have some going with the same position at least, uh, Mikael Bridges with a, with a three slash mm-hmm. two. Um, why are you going Mikael over Kevin Knox? Well, I mean, for me, it's Mikael to me is the better three right now. He's the better small forward. And the thing I think overall for this team and really the pick I'm more interested to hear about is you at Wendell Carter. Yeah. Because for me, I don't care if it's Mikhail Bridges. I don't care if it's Kevin Knox. You're going with one of them. Mikhail's off the board like in your and Dave's situation. I'm going with Kevin Knox. If Mikhail's on the board in my situation, I'm going with Mikhail. Mm-hmm. Because like you have the point guards. It's either Frank or 
um, Moutier. You got two to work with. Trey Burke also gave you some Great good bench, numbers yeah. this mm-hmm. year, but he's an off-the-bench guy, like you said. You've got Tim Hardaway Jr. locked down at the two. Chris Stapp's coming back. He's going to be in that injury, so don't expect to compete right away. You've got Enos Cantor at the five. To me, the three is the biggest question mark. Why not get a guy in Mikhail Bridges, who we talked three and D guy until we're blue in the face, that kind of greediness that mm-hmm. Fizdale can maybe pull out of him in that 3 and D role. Well, Enos has an option, so it's not for sure certain that he's going to be on the mm-hmm. team. He's most likely not going to pass will. up $18 yeah. million. Dollars. Uh, but I have him going Wendell Carter Jr. just because of at that five spot. I mean, it's not for sure certain that Enos is going to be on the year, the, the team the year after. Um, well, so that's going to be something that plays in the, there. He'll probably play the four while Porzingis is out. But I don't think that matters because yeah. I mean, if Enos is, I mean, then you're if you, if Enos is playing the four, then again Carter fits at the five. Mm-hmm. Even Carter fits at the four or five. Yeah, I don't think it I'm really saying, matters. Like in while uh, while Porzingis is out, Wendell Carter can play the four next to Enos. Oh, that's then what you're Porzingis saying. comes in. My move bad. Wendell I, I thought over you were saying five. Enos would be playing no, the four. No, I was talking about Enos. Um, no, I'm just talking strictly about Wendell Carter. It doesn't matter where he's playing year one. I'm just mm-hmm. talking about where he's going to end up fitting yeah. next to KP because that's the true the true, true. fit. Are the true you know star there is going to be KP. Mm-hmm. I think uh, at least Wendell Carter brings you know a very well-rounded game to go with KP's you know at least uh, room protector ability and then also his dangerous offensive game when he's healthy. That's going to give you a dangerous four-five duo because again I don't know what the situation will be with Enos Cantor right in 2019. Um, and, and I think it's also with you know this year upcoming. You look at that three spot, we see Tim Hardaway play there before. We see Courtney Lee at the two. We see uh, Frank at the two, Frank at the one, Trey Burke at the one. Uh, We also see uh, Moody at the one. I don't think that is a lockdown set yet. We don't know where each player is going to play. And, yes, you could slot in a guy at that three. But also, let's look ahead because I don't think New York's going to be a team that really contends Mm -hmm. because if KP's out for a certain amount of time, you don't have your number one star. Let's look ahead to the next draft where we have Barrett, where we have Zion Williamson, where we have guys like Romeo Langford. You guys can get a number one. You can get a number three. you You can get a one. You can get a three. At those positions, you get ball, ball, and just but, you know have two bigs who are giants. But I'm I'm saying more at least with <laughs> with with the guys that are, are at least you know one, two, and three right now. Those guys are you know playing know. the three. Those guys are playing the one. So I think that's where you're looking at. And, and you know I think New York's not going to be that good of a team because of KP's injury. I'm looking ahead. You have the ability to get a Zion, who's a, a, a very you know defensive minded player. RJ Barrett, who looks like the best player in this, this uh, upcoming high school uh, draft class. He could be a guy that slots in for this team. I think you're looking ahead, and I think at least Wendell Carter at least brings you a guy that's for sure going to be playing the five next uh, next year for the, his rest of the career, and also pairs very nicely with KP. So that's mm-hmm. that's my thought process at least with with that pick is I think it's more of a pick for the future because you're currently slotted at nine, but I don't think you're going to be at nine next year. I think you're going to be above nine, probably in that top five at least uh, for New York just because of that KP injury. We don't know how he's going to come back. When he's going to come back? If they're going to rush him? I was going to say I'll ask the question: if the if the Knicks are already out of playoff contention by, I don't know, let's say second week of January, mm-hmm. do you think we see Porzingis at all? No, no. I shut him down. Yeah, I shut him down too. I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, again, we're looking at next year. If if you're shutting him down, I mean, you have R.J. Barrett, who's a three, six, seven, two hundred pounds. I mean, this kid could be a guy that comes in and be, you know, be the next great mm-hmm. you know wing player that's more than just a 3 and D player yeah. like uh, Mikhail Bridges. You look at uh, Reddish uh, from Duke as well, 6'7", 203, very similar uh, to, so to a guy like Barrett. Again, he could be a guy that's more than just a 3 and D player. Uh, Romeo Langford could be a 2 if you want Frank to be your 1. He's a guy that can put up a ton of points. There's a lot 
draft players, even like Little as well, who's going to North Carolina. Like these are guys that can be more than three and D players that can slot See, in and with come in. You you got this as a multi-year plan. You did KP and DeFrank and Wendell yes. into insert top three pick here. Bingo. All and, right. and that's the thing is if if you think Frank can be a number one, slot him at the one. Then you have a guy the option of a, a Romeo Langford is going to to IU uh, to be that two. That three could be Tim Hardaway Jr. Four KP, five Wendell Carter. I think Wendell Carter is a for sure player and a for sure starter for the next couple of years. That's, I don't know if he's going to be that next level player, but at least he will be able to fit in at that five spot if Enos is not going to be there. And he could be more well-rounded than Enos is. Enos is an offensive machine. Defensively, it's not really there. I think Wendell Carter can at least you know be at least a nice pairing defensively and offensively uh, next to KP. So yeah, I think he with, comes with in a, above uh, where Kyle O'Quinn, Kyle O'Quinn is. Basically, mm-hmm. like skill set-wise, I think... He's an unselfish guy. He's a good defender, great passer out of the post, and has an okay shot. And uh, like above average glue guy, even like I know they've got no under contract for forever because they're they've made poor decisions. Yeah. But like having a guy on that team, we saw what Noah did for Chicago as a guy who is not asked to step up into the spotlight, but who was the linchpin of how that team you know stuck together, ran, and mm-hmm. kept as a cohesive unit. I see a player like Wendell Carter being that kind of guy at the next level. I don't know that he'll ever hit defensive player of the year candidate kind of like Joe, but like still he's in that, you know, Al Horford esque mold. Yeah, and I think that'd be lovely for lovely. lovely. I think it'd be swell you know, that's, that's uh for the next nice. podcasting too much. It'd for the next swell. uh I think it'd be perfect for, for for Wendell Carter. Just you know fit in. You're not gonna be seen as he a number one. He doesn't need to be guy. the one because you got KP. He exactly. doesn't need to be the two because you still have Hardaway Jr. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be that guy. And I think he could fit any role you need him to yeah. outside of the number one option we just talked about that being KP. So I think I think that's where the Knicks Knicks really land out. I mean, you can go and Mikhail's not even on the, the board for me, so that's why right. it's not even an for option. For you, it would have been Knox or um, him, but you mm-hmm. think next year's option at small forward is better than where Knox is right now. Bingo. Um, and also, you're going to get that kid younger as well. Kevin Knox right now is the youngest player in the draft, but he's not going to be the youngest player in next year's draft. Yeah, you know he's not going to drag him better. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's that's my thought with the Knicks. Uh, let's move on to 10, though. 76ers get the pick from the Lakers. I have him going with Miles Bridges. Ricky has him going with Wendell Carter. And Dave has him going with Zaire Smith. First time uh, we're talking about Zaire on this podcast. Um, Zaire, uh, a guy from Texas Tech, you had him in the 4.0. Dave, why do you like him for the 76ers so much that you're putting him back in the 5.0? I watched what happened that Celtics 76er series, and I went, Jesus Christ, they need someone who can defend. Like, we all gushed about how good of a signing earlier this year Rocco was. You locked mm-hmm. him down long term, um, and you're watching that series, and you're going, how come he's having so many problems matching up? And when you look back at what made him great was his off-ball help defense. One-on-one, he's above average. He's not elite. Zaire Smith is someone who can guard one through four. He can body people up. He's athletic. He is strong. He is very physical. But he's also someone who has the ability to grow his shot and I think who can come in and be a nice piece on that team because, again, you have your two stars. You have potentially three if Markel Fultz can you know come back to form what we saw him coming out of college. Then you need someone who can be the guy to shut down the other team's one. And I think Zaire Smith is built for that, and he has crazy upside potential because athletically, I mean, just – Sky's the limit. Yeah, and how if we're talking about you know who they're going to be going up against in the Eastern Conference, we look at Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. we look at Jalen Brown, we look at Gordon Hayward. You're going to need somebody to, for to, to, to play that wing position mm-hmm. and, and defend those guys. So I mean, the, the the pick makes sense, but again, that guy is so raw. 
you know, it's it's not determined what he's going to be offensively and even defensively. We don't know if he's going to be able to step into that 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 uh, spot right away because again, he is young. He showed a lot of promise at Texas Tech, but that Texas Tech team was still very good. So mm-hmm. if it's just basically athleticism, yes, you can run that if you're the 76ers because you're such a deep team. You have so many options, but also again, I mean, is he going to be a guy that can come in and play day one? In the NBA, that's going to be interesting to see. Especially, we got to look at his combine, what he does. Um, also, yeah, he's in individual the guy who can really workouts. Stand out. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a big upcoming week for Zaire Smith. Ricky, you have him going with well, a, a familiar face, though, Wendell Carter. And I mean, before I get into the Wendell Carter thing, the thing I was just thinking about is if you're a 76er fan, you should be hoping for a Mike uh, Mikhail Bridges fall. Like to me, Mikhail Bridges is the guy. I know Pray Zaire Smith Mikhail. brings it to, mm-hmm. but like. No, no, he Mikhail's is the a three and D, D guy. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like he would fit perfectly there. For me, the reason why I go Wendell Carter is he's BPA for me at this point. Plus, I mean, you look at what the starting lineup is. If Markel Fultz is what we expect him to be, Fultz at the point guard position. No, nope. I'm assuming. Yeah, got Ben no, Simmons at the one. No, I'm saying like <laughs> just because he's the one I'm doesn't sorry, mean he's going to bring the ball. You up. do you. He's at the point guard position. You've got JJ Reddick. I think he's going to find he's going to sign a team friendly deal. Hey, you gave me money. Now I'll scratch your back this next year. He'll be back for the two. Ben Simmons is out there. He's kind of the small forward if you're putting him in a position. Then it's that power forward because Joe's the five and Amir Johnson's up. Ricardo Holmes is he going to? Are they going to? Rashawn Holmes are they going to bring him back with the club option? Ilya Sova. You need a power forward for me, and I go with the best one right there at Wendell Carter. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, with with all that if J.J. does resign. And also, we got to see the developments of Markel Fultz. Will he be able to show that jump shot that he mm-hmm. showed at Washington? If not, you can't play him and Ben Simmons in the same same role. So that's going to be a big, uh, at least something something to watch for over the uh, over the upcoming offseason. What is going to be Markel Fultz's uh, situation? I mean, hell, if if he's not going to pan out, and you have a guy like you know maybe Trey Young falls dramatically. If Trey Young's there, would you would you think you know weirdly enough to go Why with not? them? Because hey, Ben Simmons passes to Trey Young. That sounds pretty can damn nice. Never, can you have too much elite passing ability on a team? Why not? Why, I mean, why the not? Sixers average the most passes per game this year. And also, if you're passing to a guy like Trey Young, who's going to be wide open, if he is wide open. That kid's going to make pretty much 50% of the shots. And I mean, when we're talking about the gold standard out west, what are we always talking about? The extra pass from Golden State. The and Houston. The extra one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to fall that low, but just throwing Probably it out there. Not, yeah. Or uh, with Houston, it's the 21 dribbles from yeah. James Harden. With 76ers, though, I do have them going with Miles Bridges. Uh, kind of same lines uh, up, Dave. I think he's BPA, but I mean, Dave might even talk me into Zaire Smith the way he's talking about him. Because, again, you need defensive uh, ability if you're going to be playing against Boston and you know, Miles Bridges, but I think he's going to be that, you know, possibly that next level scorer. Maybe put up, you know, 16 to 18 points per game. I don't know if they really need that at that three because, again, if you have Ben Simmons playing the one uh, and then J.J. at the two, at that three, I think you need that next level defender. Miles really isn't there. He's going to play, you know, nicely against uh, J.J. Redick and Miles Bridges, but also if Zaire's going to be able to develop that shot, maybe they do go to Zaire. So I, I think that's a, an interesting pick. Yeah. I'm just going Miles Bridges because I think he has that leadership ability, um, which will be nice and helpful, especially late in games, which we saw which is very detrimental to Philadelphia. He's going to bring experience, which is going to be important because, again, playing with Tom Izzo, playing uh, with a coach like that for the past two years, uh, being seen as a leader, that's going to be big for this team that still needs to find that leadership ability. We know Joe and Ben Simmons are great players, but do they have a leader on that team? Do they have a leader out of those two? I don't really know if we've seen that yet, so I think it's going to be a big thing. I think Miles Bridges can bring that leadership and that uh, that mentality to their team. So I have them going with Miles Bridges uh, at 10. Now let's move to the Hornets at 11. I have them going Kyle Sexton. Ricky has them going with Kevin Knox. 
Dave has him going with Colin Sexton. We've talked about this at nauseum. Colin Sexton is well, pretty much the pick and successor to Ken Walker if they're you know looking to trade him in his last year. Well, and like for me, that's the question because because I had Colin Sexton go at six to the Magic. If they look to get rid of Kemba Walker, look to trade him, do they still go with a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander then at eleven? I say no. You know what? Let me take the BPA again with Kevin Knox, but. If you're looking to get rid of Kevin Kemba Walker and you're like, I kind of need a point guard, then I could see them going with Shea Gilgis if Young and Sexton are both off the board. How much do you think separates Kevin Knox and uh, and and uh, and Shea Gilgis? At least because you're saying BPA. How much do you think separates them? Because if if they do need a position of need, it clearly I is, think it's is a, razor, a big, bigger it's separation. It's almost razor thin to me. And so the if it's why, razor thin, then why would you go position? And the reason why I say that is because of what is it's truly what the choice is for Kemba Walker. If you're going to keep him this year and not trade him, I'm not going to draft another point guard. I'll worry about that can when I have to worry about that can. I'll He's go kicking take, the can down the road. Exactly. I'll take the guy like Kevin Knox. If I know this year I'm going to trade Kemba Walker, then I'll go with the point guard because I'm going to need someone to replace that role on my team. Question for you. Do you think mm-hmm. the relationship can be salvaged between Kemba yes. and this team? Yes, I, I do think so. Um, I think that it's not a for sure thing that he gets traded. That's why well, I even had Ke- Kevin Knox here. Again, is it a frayed situation or are they just trying to move cap? I think mean, that's the biggest thing. I don't think they hate Kemba Walker mm-hmm. the player. They don't dislike it's, Kemba, but it's the fact that he feels slighted with, by yeah. this. He was he found out about this via what Twitter basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that his name was being thrown around trades to move cap off of the team. If that's all but, I am to a team after how many years I've given to you, but also this is that's a statement. Different, different regime. They got rid of Rich Cho, who you was who was, now. who was the guy. Cupcheck has come in. Yep. That could possibly be a big change of guard. You know, having Jordan, having Cupcheck, and then also, what are you gonna say, Ricky? I mean, I was gonna say they can salvage it, but at the same time, Mitch Cupcheck is kind of like. The similar thing that we mentioned, like with Jerry West and the Clippers, it's where I'm going to come in, I'm doing what's best for this team. I am going to make the moves that makes this team better. No relationship. Exactly. Just like, I mean, Jerry West came in and said, all right, we're trading Blake. I mean, that was, Blake. that was pretty bold. I don't think any of us knew that he would pull the trigger mm-hmm. on something that major in his first year with I the mean, Clippers. I mean, I could see Cupcheck doing the same thing, although I don't think it's like a for sure he's getting traded. Right. Now, I'm, I'm just to say, mm-hmm. you know, possibly could at least repair that situation. I think the biggest reason, though, they're moving Kemba is not because of the player again. It's just because it's of the cap. cap. Yeah. So I, I think, they're again, doing what's yeah, best for the franchise. Moves, I think they're going to be Batum, doing... But- in order yeah. to move Batum, you got to move Kemba. Too. I think they're going to be doing that, which is why they go Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. Because again, I think he's the best point guard available. I think he's probably he has the most pro potential. Um, it is the ability for him to translate to the to the pros. I think it's higher than Trey Young. Um, but again, I think he's he's going to be a nice fit, especially next to the moist one in uh, Malik Monk. But let's move into the Clippers. Talk about him so damn much. We just mentioned Jerry West. Let's move into him. They got two, two picks. picks. 12 and 13. I have him going with Shea Gilgis Alexander, Kevin Knox, two Kentucky boys at 12 and 13. Ricky has him going with Miles Bridges and Shea Gilgis Alexander. And then Dave has him going with Shea Gilgis Alexander and Wendell Carter Jr. So clearly we have the uh, the need a for a theme? point guard. I like how uh, I couldn't there. make it easy and have us all go with Shea, Shea at 12. On the top. <laughs> well, I'll just flip that because now you pointed that out and no, I realized that was a thing. No, I want Miles Bridges going It first. doesn't matter where they're picking. So we're having Shea go 12 across the board because well, that looks better. First. But if you change it. Whoever I'm going p- to jump across and punch you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first in the podcast. <laughs> <Feeding> ass. 
<laughs> We're very professional. We're putting this here. So, I, Dave, why don't you uh, talk about Shea Gilgis well, being a good fit for the for the for the for the, the team from the what's, Clippers? What's interesting here is you're saying that Shea should get paid more than Miles Bridges right now. Yes, you're saying he deserves more money than Miles. Which I think he's a bold like a move. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. He's got that like dad spice? smell. Maybe it's native. Oh, it's oh. sponsor of the podcast. Fair native enough. deodorant. Oh. All right, but uh, yeah, no. Clearly, this is a. Clippers team moving forward. They they've moved pieces. Their their franchise guy and Blake is gone. They've got Toby, a great piece to build around right now. Um, but you go young, you go for the youth, you go Shea, who can be the next tier. He can be your next main point guard. Yes, you have Milos, and yes, you have Papev. Both of those guys are at this point in their career role players. Mm-hmm. I think this team could go kicking and screaming into the playoffs if they all are healthy. The problem is that they weren't last year, so you know we're back in at at what twelve and thirteen right now. This Clippers team, I think you go young point guard and Shea, someone who can develop, who has that two way potential, and we saw him kind of spring forward a little bit at the end of the year. And then secondary, oh, I'll let you guys talk about Shea a little bit first. Well, I think again, Ricky, I think it's, it's point guard. It's, you it's need point a point guard. guard, yeah, yeah. And we we talked consistently about him. And I, you know, the frame is perfect for mm-hmm. the NBA. We see his uh, leadership ability, especially late, and not only in the tournament but also in the second half of the season. His passing ability is there, and it's just really how well is he going to be developing a score. But even then, mm-hmm. late late in the season, he even showed his score and touch. So again, it's it's best point guard available pretty much mm-hmm. was my, my my mindset there that's my, why it goes to the Clippers. my question is the other pick because like yeah i mean for me the last few times i've been thinking oh you've got mitchell robinson there i mean in our live lotto i want robert williams there yeah why do you have him going with a forward because i i'm going with I forward mean, too dave goes with the center to me I'm or at least lo- a four or five to me yeah. i'm looking at it and i'm like you know what maybe the potential is better there with Miles Bridges over Mitchell Robinson or Robert Williams. And, like, if you really need a power forward and you're not bringing back Montrez Williams or Montrez Harold, but if you're not bringing him back, fuck it. I'll just go get a power forward in free agency. I don't really care who it is. I'll just sign him to a reasonable deal, and I'll take the guy in the draft. That might be a little bit better for me down the road in Miles Bridges compared to reaching a little bit for one of the bigs because I need a big. Well, I think the biggest thing with them is I, I think you you might need a big, but again, we still look at the DeAndre situation. That's not for mm-hmm. sure a lock. We saw Toby at the four. Toby's going to fit the four. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you really don't need a forward in my mind. I think you need more of a three. And also, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, Wendell Carter isn't on the board for me. And the, the, the next center is more of a product than Mitchell Robinson. We yep. don't know what he's going to be. Right. And with Kevin Knox, I really love this kid's potential. And at the three, a guy that I think is going to be molded like Tobias Harris, why wouldn't you put two guys that are very similar at the three and the four? Yeah, skinny (laughs) Toby, young Toby. Um, you know, young T. I don't know, with terrible nicknames. Uh, but uh, you know, I think I think these could be you know very uh, beneficial to his growth. Playing next to a guy that's very similar, it's going to have a very you know natural game. And also, we think Kevin Knox can possibly turn into a, a versatile and maybe even a really great defender. So I think you know, putting him at the three, Toby at the four, you're going to have two similar wings. Um, we see that you know be beneficial for teams before. Um, I don't think it's going to really lock them down offensively. Having a guy like Shea too is going to be able to get the ball to them. And also, if you're you know working with a guy like DeAndre or Jordan, who can open up the middle of the lane, um, I think that's going to be something massive for them. So at the one, you have a guy 
like uh, Shea Gilgis, if he is the starter, unless it's Pat Bever Milos. At the two, you have Lou Williams when he's out on the f- floor. Then at the three, you have Kevin Knox. Again, talking about spacing right there, he's going to bring it. Lou Will's going to bring it, and also T- Toby's going to bring it. That gives the ability for Shea and uh, uh, Shea to attack the basket as well. De- DeAndre to run uh, pick and rolls with Shea and then dish it out and, and swing it around. I think it'd be a really nice fit with with Kevin Knox. Again, we're talking about potential here. I think Shea has the most potential as uh, any point guard. Um, at least left on the board, and I think Kevin Knox has the most potential, at least of any player on the board, maybe outside of Zaire Smith. But I think those are the three, the two players with the most potential, and they also fit position needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just got him rolling with Wendell Carter because he's fallen in my draft. I talked about him before. I think he is an ideal big in the in today's NBA. He's unselfish. He's a smart player, high IQ, um, excellent passer out of low post, and can cover up defensively for people. So if you pair him with DeAndre Jordan at times, you now have two great defensive bigs, and if you need to switch them out or DeAndre decides not to take the free money for whatever reason mm-hmm. and goes for greener pastures, I respect it, but you can have a fill-in guy right away. So I think that you know landing a 1 and a 5 of the future, a 1 and a 4 of the future, it, it balances out the team because, like you said, I believe in them having Toby as a, a key to this team. I think that you've got other pieces on this team who can continue to build on. So I'm really heavy on, because Wendell fell, land him here, be happy that he dropped so far. I'm going to throw this out there because I think we're going on Clippers. We talked about him a lot uh, last live lotto last yeah. week. Um, the one thing I will throw out there is just because he's he's on the team right now is DeAndre Jordan. Um, if he does decline that option, the one team that I thought you would look at is the Suns just because they don't have – uh, a ton of players that are you know massively taking up cap right now. I mean, you do have Tyson Chandler, which I think is 36 mils for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get a guy like DeAndre Jordan um, playing the center position, and you, you know if you think that's going to be a move that you can make in the offseason, you go Luca at the at the number one overall pick. You have Devin Booker again, a, a guy that can be a dynamic scorer in the NBA. Luca, who can be a secondary or a primary ball handler. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker could be a primary or secondary ball handler. And also, Luka brings more of an all-around game. You have Josh Jackson, who could be your prototypical 3 and D player. You have uh, our buddy uh, Dragon Bender, who could be a stretch Dragon four. Bender. And then DeAndre Jordan can be that center that rim runs, be a rim protector. I think that brings you to a natural NBA, at least team, that gives you a modern NBA flair. So again, if if the Suns, with their cap ability, want to pay a guy like DeAndre Jordan, who I think could be a nice fit on their team, maybe that's uh, a thing that would draw DeAndre away is uh, a very young team with a lot of cap moving for a guy like DeAndre Jordan. But outside of that, I really see, don't I'm see a, him I'm moving LA. I think that he would take a cheapy discount contract to go play for a contender because he's like, maybe. look, we just gave away our best player and we've done this now two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Or technically it was within a one-year span. Yeah, um, off-season and then regular yeah. season. So why would I want to stay on this team now that I'm, in his mind, saying he's the best player? I don't think he is. I think Toby's better. But I think his contributions as an elite role player at the five mm-hmm. is pretty unique. So I think his talents would be needed elsewhere for other teams. There's value there. I don't think he'd get money matching what he's getting from the uh, player option here. But I still think that he could go find a contender and play deep in the playoffs again. The one thing, because we're from Chicago, I've heard the Bobby Portis to Clippers thing drawn and like punched into the ground a million times. I still think if the Bulls want to move up Portis plus at 22, there is there is a chance for that because I think mm-hmm. Bobby's a guy with potential for small ball five, four. He's good energy and could fit. Well, Ricky, since you're a Bulls fan, we talked a little bit about the 22 pick possibly being in a package if the Bulls want to move up to get a Michael Porter Jr., you know, at least in the top five. Um, what do you think about the Bulls moving up using that 22 and Bobby Portis to get a 12 or a 13 and possibly taking a player. I mean, you look at your board, what do you I, think would be a, a guy that they're targeting, I've especially already, if they go, uh, you know, Michael Porter, et cetera? I've already got it mapped out. If I'm doing that, if I am doing that, it's because Michael Porter has gone before seven, 
And what I'm doing is then at seven, I'll take Wendell Carter Jr. and have him be either my four or my five and then have Lori be the four or the five wherever Wendell's not going to play. Then I'm moving Bobby and my Pelican pick to get either the 12 or the 13 to get a Miles Bridges and then he's my three. Okay. Or Kevin Knox, whichever one is yeah, there. Most likely they're yeah. going to be going with uh, the Clippers are probably going to give up the 13. Because in that way you get a coveted player. I would say coveted player in Wendell Carter that many people are high on. Um, and then you can still get your three at 13. And, I mean, Bobby's a good player, but is Bobby going to be the future for us in Chicago? I don't think anyone's thinking that. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, because also, you know, Bobby really, again, we don't know where, what his position is. What, it's what a is, high energy, you know, mm-hmm. small ball five or four. Is. So, yep. either way, I think he's he's still valuable from an NBA point of view. Could be an interesting move to package with a pick, like 22 plus a second mm-hmm. rounder. You know, for the future, so maybe he does need a you know fresh change of pace. Even mm-hmm. though he's been doing well in Chicago, yeah. Again, as maybe, soon as they maybe opened a, up, a little uh, bit of a the other half of the one-two punch. Yeah. Yeah, we just got to train him to New Orleans. Got to get him with Jesus. his buddy Nico. <laughs> Anyways, let's move to the Denver Nuggets, the last team in the lotto. Uh, I have him going with Zaire Smith from Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Ricky has him going with Kyrie Thomas from Creighton, and Dave has Miles Bridges going to the Nuggets at. 14. Dave, we kind of flipped. I had Miles Bridges going to the uh, 76ers at 10. You had Zaire Smith going to the 76ers at 10. I have them, uh, the Nuggets going with uh, Zaire Smith at 14. You have Miles Bridges going at 14. So we're on the same wavelength, at least going with a three. Ricky, you have him going with a guard. Why is that? Well, to me, it's I almost had them go with Zaire Smith. But to me, when I look at it, yes, Zaire Smith is defensively what he brings is amazing. But when I look at everything going on right now, I kind of look at a little bit of Kyrie Thomas, and I really like what he brings to the game. And I kind of almost look at him as like a Mikhail Bridges light, maybe very light, but also at a different position at the two rather than the three. So, I mean, adding a guy who can be a defensive stopper at the two for them, can add outside, can shoot inside, has actually a better field goal percentage, I think, overall per 36, I think, 34, then, yeah, 36, then a um, Mikhail well, the Bridges. field goal percentage doesn't change yeah. per 36. But, I mean, like, it's all one of those things where he's got the better percentage overall, maybe going with that two over that three, but I could have had him go with Zaire Smith, too. The, the Nuggets are a toss-up to me. Like, they can well, go a four, they, or they can go a three, they can go a two. It's just whatever they think fits better. This is a team that I don't think is really, uh, is really going to, you know, boost their playoff mm-hmm. Uh, boosting, I think there's a team that's going to make the playoffs. You know, matter who they pick. Uh, but I just look at what's going to be t- coming up next. Uh, yeah. Wilson Chandler has a player option 2018, yep. 2019. After that, he's going to be gone. Um, Will Barton is off the books after this year. Um, Richard Jefferson off the books, even though he didn't play that much for the fucking uh, uh, Nuggets. Um, <laughs> but again, this is a team that needs some you know depth at that three spot, and I think that's going to be where Zaire Smith comes in. That's why mm-hmm. I'm looking at that three spot. That's why Dave's looking at that three spot. Mm-hmm. Um, going with Miles Bridges, I think this is just something where the next you know the next position. That, position they need to at least fill out at least after Wilson Chandler leaves is going to be that 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 three spot and I think Zaire Smith again with his uh, defensive abilities you're also going to give him a year in the NBA to work on a shot make sure that becomes a little more consistent and we've seen them develop guards and at least eye guards uh, sorry uh, wings before that have you know a, a ton of potential Danilo coming over has mm-hmm. been you know good for the Nuggets before yeah. Wilson Chandler's been good for the Nuggets before Will Barton's been good for the Nuggets before uh 
I mean, Carmelo. I mean, we can even throw him out there. Jr. Yeah. Um, like they've, they've scouted very well, at least uh, you know, wing players before. And I think again, Zaire Smith with his athletic ability, it's probably too good to pass up, no matter what he does at the combine, because you can always, you know, again, if he's a fifth option, he doesn't really need to be a deadly shooter. He just needs to be good enough. And defensively, I think he's he's most likely already there. And the mm-hmm. athleticism is at least there. And that's something you could mold uh, off the bench if he's playing behind a Wilson Chandler. If you bring back Will Barton, um, I think it's going to be an interesting fit. That's why I really like him, because he's not put into a pressure situation. Also, mm-hmm. will be put into a pressure situation in uh, Philly. So I think, again, that's a, a player they could look at. Um, but again, I think that's something that they would you know really like there, uh, is just that three that's going to be that next guy after Wilson Chandler leaves. Yeah. Um, you haven't gone Miles Bridges, though, because Zaire's off your board. Yeah, pretty much for me, it was Zaire Smith, I think, has higher upside potential than Miles Bridges. That's why I'm going to Philly, because I don't think that they're going to get another pick this high for a long time. So, mm-hmm. rolling with pure potential on that one. I mean, they're both good athletes. Uh well, Miles Bridges does have a couple inches on him and, and some weight. I, I think the uh, crazy athleticism for his size for Zaire is what I would look towards more. For Miles on this team, like you said, it's it's small forward depth and what he can do. Like you said, he's played on a solid team as a team. So again, he's not asked to step and he's asked to fill a role. He's more so able to provide some bench scoring and good defense and being part of their team rather than having to stand out and do something um, at the next level. Because let's be honest, late in the lottery, not I mean, there, there's one Don Mitchell, you know? It, it's yeah. a rare occurrence when someone outside of the top, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten spots. I mean, we are seeing a little bit more, though. I mean, right. uh, Giannis, Antetokounmpo, Kawhi, yeah. uh, Nicola. It's about one a year. Yeah. So, I mean, th- this could be the guy in Zaire Smith. Yeah. So the the point in my mind is that, like, realistically, most of these guys are going to be bench guys earlier in their career. Yes, people are getting more athletic, training earlier in their careers, and coming into the NBA more ready than ever. But I still think this year I see a lot of guys who are going to come off the bench, and there's nothing wrong with that. That just means the guys in front of them have a lot of experience. They're under contract. It's just the state of the NBA as it is. I'm sure it will change in the next couple of years. But, like, Bridges coming off the bench as a good good leader, good player, and like there's nothing to be unhappy about there. We have one through 30 set, boys. We finally are, are, are set in our lotto. We aren't going to have to change it from now on. One through 14 is set. It's, you know, 15 through 30 has been set for a while. Um, now we just need to you know get over with the finals. It'll be uh, officially NBA draft season in full swing. We have the combine coming up, so it's going to be interesting to see how everything develops. Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a big name to watch for. Isaiah Smith is going to be a big name f- to watch for. Um, we've gone through the whole thing, though. We have one through 30 set. Any big shock so far? Any any big uh, surprises so far? Any things that we didn't talk about in this podcast you just want to throw out there um, at the end? No, not really. I mean, for me, the one thing I'm happy with this lotto is that it didn't stay chalk. I hate, if you're going to have a lottery, I hate when it stays the, point the same. point is to shake things up. Exactly. And mm-hmm. then this shook things well, up with the Kings getting and, the two picks. And Silver wants to do that. And next mm-hmm. year, we're not going to see the 25, 19, and whatever the, the rest are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. One, fifth, one through fifth, three one is fifty. now equal. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're probably going to see more shakeups coming up. So, it's going to be super interesting mm-hmm. to see uh, after next year. So, this is the final, uh, you know, uh, uh, final regime of the uh, the. The twenty-five and nineteen and whatever yeah. uh, system. So that's that's something uh, we got to bring up as well. From my end, it's uh, the no disrespect to uh, Kent Blazemore. Uh, we were talking about the Hawks a ton, and we gave him no. Kent Blazemore sucks. That's why. <laughs> but there you go. And I hate Kent Blazemore. He's not a good player. So that's why. We literally changed his last name. Yeah, Kent okay. Blazemore is not a not a guy who uh, tons is, of disrespect. Is, I guess. is a fan I, I of the podcast. I, I, I tried to give him some love. I was going to say, isn't it Baysmore? It's Baysmore, but Blazemore. Yeah. 
Kate Blazemore is not a fan of our podcast, so uh, not a friend of the show. If you listen to all what two if, and a half what hours if we do that? What if we do that? Yeah, I'm, I'm loopy right now. Uh, mm-hmm. What if we do that? Like, every single person that we mention, like, oh, LeBron James from the show, he watches yep. all the time. The only player that we never give credit to is Kent Blazemore. <laughs> we just pick a fight. Yeah, he's right. he's enemy of the show. Not friend of the show. He's enemy of the show, mm-hmm. Kent Blazemore. Why not? We're not, not going to meet any of these guys. We're not going to interview hey, any of these guys. Hey, we could. Sean's you decided. Know. I'm gonna, I can't wait till the I'm day. I'm going to throw it out there. If we ever interview Kent Blazemore. If you guys have hookups, I'm going to reach out to you. up with Kent Blazemore. I was going to say, I will reach out to him on Twitter. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hit him up on the phone and be like, hey, Kent, what's hey, up? And, and be like, uh, so you know you're uh, number one enemy of the show, right? And I'll see what his reaction is. Ah. Maybe he'll punch me through the phone. I don't know. I uh, like it. I think he'll probably beat me up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this has been way too long of a podcast. It's back to back. Two-hour podcast. And I mean, the last thing, last thing I'm going to mention is a little show promo for MVP is next week, Last big board of the year for the NBA with there the PTP. And then June 9th, our last, our two-round mock draft. That's our last one. Two-round <laughs> mock draft with trades and all. Uh-huh. It's, it's going to be way too early. So we are doing <laughs> because, trades? Yeah, we're doing okay. trades. Why not? It's last right. mock draft. Let's get crazy. All right. Two rounds. We're doing we're doing mock drafts. I mean, okay. it's going to be insane. We're not going to talk about all 60 picks. I can tell. Oh, we're, we, we just did 14. <laughs> no. It's been two hours. We're not doing a five-hour Well, podcast. no, they're in sections. We're going back for that one. We're going into the segment. Yeah, but I'm still saying, yeah. in, in total, it's going to have to hit a certain no, time. We're not doing a five-hour pocket. It's still probably going to be two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, we're doing trades in that one. They it's love it. I I, I know they love it. Sometimes are we doing a promo for trades? Or are we just saying these trades are happening? No, I, I say individual like trades that you think, trades that I think, trades that you think. Yeah, I, I think the only thing is we got to watch him with the Bulls picks. I think that's the only thing. We got to <laughs> watch him with the Bulls picks. Me, You're it's t- always Michael Porter Jr. Right? Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> trades up. You know, maybe maybe you think something crazy though. Bobby oh, Porter, maybe. Bobby Porter's in the twenty second. The Knicks totally want that. You know. <laughs> Maybe you'll try to swing away for uh, Trey Young mm-hmm. and Michael Porter Jr. But anyways, uh, I, I think it was super fun. Uh, lottery still got a, another month left to go. Uh, we want to thank everybody for supporting us over the past uh, month and, and this month as well. It's been a huge month for MVP. We absolutely love it. Um, you guys on Block Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, of course, you guys are the real MVPs. We just uh, we just picked that name off from uh, one of the, the vacuums back here. Uh, so uh, we love you guys so much. Uh, you guys are absolutely fantastic. You help us uh, make our dreams come true and also the Phoenix Suns uh, dreams come true are now the number one overall pick Didn't in get the 2018 Suns. NBA draft. They did not get Suns, and we uh, we uh, too bad those shirts were already made. So uh, <laughs> so you know maybe maybe hindsight's fifty fifty, uh, and we probably shouldn't have got those shirts made. But it's just uh, the oh, Suns well. logo, and it's a, like a crying Jordan face in the middle. It's, of the yeah, sun. it's a crying sun. <laughs> I have it. I have it up here. It's crying <laughs> sun. It says you got Suns. <laughs> you got uh, Suns. So uh, so and it and it has all the 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 the, no, the picks <laughs> where they got, they got they got Suns. So it would have been this year. <laughs> they got the fourth pick last year. They got the fourth pick. It's it's a great shirt that's never going to see the light of day. But anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening on all of our platforms. We love you so much for the growth. Um, uh, check out patreoncom slash podcast If you want to help us grow more, if you want to be on a if you want to be on one of these things, if you want to be on a podcast, call us in on this phone. Uh, go to patreoncom slash podcast Hit that ten dollar tier up. If you want to see me put hot wings in my face, uh, go to the five dollar tier. And vote I for that. Think, I think that's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen one day. It's I'm going to be there. sweating not because this room's ungodly no, it's hot. Happen one day. Um, and then also uh, go to mostfailpodcast.com if you want rock a shirt uh, rate us five stars on iTunes is going to help us grow even more and uh, finally like you, subscribe to YouTube too? it felt like he was looking over at me like he's got the shirt no he doesn't and let's, uh, let's, let's get into the next podcast uh, no I'm kidding uh, Dave Oster Ricky Wimmer we'll be back here on Friday I'm Sean Anderson we'll see you next time thank you for listening to this MVP podcast follow us on Twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts